coming up on episode 125 of Pixel Gaiden. Eric talks about his playdate. The guys have some coffee talk. While Eric enjoys some new snacks. Six good games to play on your Spectrum next. Tim shuffles his Amiga collection. Cody builds a workbench. Eric researches a new gun. Do we try to understand the word inertia? And fail. All right, just as we promised, we're back for episode 125 on February 29th, Eric. February 29th, the leap day. Leap day of the leap year. That is right. Again, my birthday is on February 28th. So not only am I asking for a plethora of gifts to be brought my way, uh, (laughs) but pointing out that uh, I was actually born on one of the years there was no leap year. So I was like a day and a year away from being only 10 right now but that being said uh my name is cody hoffman i'm eric nelson and we are two dudes talking into microphones about retro video games and that's what you came to hear right yes i, I hope everybody did that's what you're gonna hear maybe some beer talk too yeah we might stay on topic who knows um on this episode of pixel Gaiden, we are going to uh, have our buddy Tim join us in just a bit, but uh, one of the first things we're going to do is talk about some quick questions that our patrons send us so that we can get right into some uh, retro video game talk. But then uh, we will have Eric's take, which as the time to- at the time of the recording, we're still not sure what that's going to be yet, Eric. No. Uh, but by the time we, pr- we actually produce the episode and-, and post it, it will be included and we'll know exactly what it was. <laughs> We should have one of those like like uh, AI voices. It's Eric's take about the singer Mike. <laughs> I hope so. I hope you get that thing. I want to hear about. I it. I hope so. so too. I'm hoping it's going to be here a week or two, but who knows? It might not be, and then it might it'll be on something else. Eric's take will be on something else. I guarantee it. In fact, the intro of this episode probably mentioned what the Eric's takes about take is about, so they know before we do. Yeah, it's what ooh, we are going to talk like, about. It's uh like we're predicting the future. In the year 2000. Um, And then we're going to go ahead and get Tim on the ringer. Uh, I've got some coffee talk, as I like to call it. Yes. Just a few questions about the the video games uh, and the way the world is. Our game show will be back next month. I promised a wheel game. We will do a new spin the wheel game. Yes, yes. We we do love our game shows, but you're going to mix it up a little bit. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, we are going to catch up, talk about what we've been doing in the world of retro, and finish off the episode with the three of us talking about six good games specific to the ZX Spectrum, but not just any Spectrum, Eric. No, the ZX Spectrum next, so we can talk about any games that'll play on the ZX Spectrum next. Which is roughly any game that you can play on anything that says ZX Spectrum on it. That's right. In fact, I can't think off the top of my head of anything that that wouldn't work on the next that would work on 
Play ZX80, 81, Spectrum. Spectrum 48K, 48K and 128. 128K, Next. And then there's something else that's in the list of compatible machines that it's well, not I mean, coming to me now. If you're going by machine, right, you could talk about, of course, like the, the Spectrum Plus 2 and the Spectrum Plus 3 and the... Yeah, exactly. But those are all pretty much either... I- iterations. Yeah, those are just iterations of it. But there was another one that was very weird. It's not on the box. I'm holding the box right now, which is... We're, we're Americans, so we don't know exactly what all came out over there. Exactly. In England and and other parts of uh, Europe and Russia that fell in love with the ZX Spectrum computer. Yep. Well, it does play CPM, but we're not... We're not playing any boring spreadsheets or anything. So. Ooh, we're going to do some... That, that'll be next month. Top 10 <laughs> spreadsheet games. Battle of the spreadsheets. We're going to talk about um, Logitech. What was that? ABC? What was that called? One, two, three? Yeah, that was uh, Lotus. Lotus, one, two, three. There you go. Lotus, one, two, three. Yes. Anyways, we're already in the weeds. So, Eric, let's get right back to uh, <laughs> to retro video game talk by jumping into some quick questions. Quick questions. First one is from 48K Ram, which is Josh Malone. And he's going to ask us, you've both got pretty sizable machine collections. How many of your machines are you just hanging on to because of inertia? rather than actual love for the system. I love that that word. I don't know what it means exactly in this context, but I still love it. Inertia? Hanging on to because of inertia. Does that yeah. mean because our, our it keeps growing and we can't control it because it's already heading in a direction and we can't stop the force? I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting question. Um, and, and a lot of people I know, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I Anybody who wants to buy something can buy something and own it, and they have the right to do what they want with it. That's if right. There, there are people that enjoy buying uh, Commodore computers and uh, turning them into latrines because that's what they enjoy. Yeah. Then I guess more power to them. It bums me out a little bit as a collector, but ultimately that is, right? So some people don't like it when people buy systems to display on their shelves primarily. Um, I, you and I are both not one of those people. I do do that. I do display them on my shelf. I love looking at them, having them. I actually mm-hmm. will run my fingers across the keyboard and experience the mechanical nature of them, uh, often, but I don't, oh, uh, you know, I, I'm sure we both don't just by val- virtue of time, get to all of our systems and get them all plugged in constantly. Right. It, it just not, it's not really possible. No, I, I don't do not do that. Um, but that's kind of why we did uh, ColecoVision versus the Intellivision last episode, so we can get them out, blow the dust off, and, and experience those systems f- firsthand. So for me, I would say, how many of the mis- machines am I hanging on to because of inertia rather than actual love for the system? Probably none. Um, I do have a few systems that don't particularly interest me. A lot of those would be some of the Macs that I that I have excess of. Mm-hmm. I have uh, a Macs that I grew up with and loved and some other notable ones, but there's a few like power PCs and stuff I have back there. I just don't know exactly what to do with yet. Um, but ultimately I think I'll probably end up trying to just sell them off to somebody who, who, who cares about them. Sure. Um, 
but I don't have a good answer for, for, for you, Josh. Uh, I don't have systems that I don't love. And even the ones that I don't like, I love because they're so hard to like. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does, actually. I, like, I love owning the system, being able to experience what it is, what it was. Yep. Even if it was something bad or off or not commercially successful or whatever, like owning that piece of history and being able to plug it in and experience it as it was designed to be used from time to time. Yeah. Is something I love. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think I have those uh, outside of a, a, a small collection of stuff that my plan is ultimately to sell it and move it on. I just yeah. need to get time to do it. Yeah, I think this is a great question. Um, so thanks for doing that, Josh. Um, we, Tim, you, me, have a built-in excuse because we do the podcast. So we can always say yeah. that we yeah. have these systems for research. Like when we do a segment on an oddball machine, we can just pull it out. I can pull this tub out. I can take it out play, and, and use that machine. Um. So, but so I, I want to kind of answer this. What if I didn't have the podcast? Because I agree with you. I don't think I have, I don't hang on to any of these because of inertia. I hang on to them because I can, I have the space for them. Um, if I suddenly That's had to arguable. Move, <laughs> well, exactly. Uh, but if I had to suddenly move into a smaller house or an apartment or something, I'd have to think about what to do. Do I keep them? Because the mister will play a lot of these systems that I have, but. I love original hardware. Um, so, no, I don't think I hang on to any of them because of inertia. Now, there are tons of machines. I was just thinking about this the other day. I have a TRS-80 Model 4 in the garage right now, and it's wrapped in saran wrap so dust doesn't get into it. And I love that machine, and I had it on my desk for a long time. I don't have room for it in here. And we're probably never going to cover games on the TRS-80 Model 4 but I'm hanging on to it because I love the machine. And one day I will take it out, put it back on the desk and try yeah. it out. Um, I, but I have a ton of Ataris and, and Commodore 128s and Amiga 600 and BBC Micro. They're in tubs right now because I want to kind of preserve them. But when I need them, I'll pull them out and play the games um, because of the podcast mainly. But if I didn't do the podcast, I think I would still pull them out for a week or two and play oh, them. Yeah. And then I'd pop them back in the tub and pull out another machine I hadn't played in a year and pop it out. Because I have a bunch of Apples, too. I got I got Apple IIc, Apple IIe that I, I haven't pulled out since I bought them. And, and I did all these upgrades on them, and I played a bunch of games, and I put them in the tub. And they've been sitting there for probably four or five years now, and I haven't even touched them yeah it's funny you mentioned that the apple 2 is one i have not given to any love to for quite a while yeah and now we have the back bit that's right we need to make this happen yeah that's right so maybe a game an apple 2 game in the future so josh if there's nothing your question did outside of remind uh, eric and i that we need to plug our back pits with our adapters into our apple 2s and play some apple stuff thank you yeah exactly <laughs> yeah 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 now that's my, the big one for me is again a lot of kind of gray box stuff now you and i don't have this eric but i know tim does and i've seen a lot of people that are commodore lovers and commodore or or another computer right another specific computer whatever it might be and they actually have like racks of 64s um 
Mm-hmm. Tim, Tim, I don't think has racks, but he's got, you know, five or six. Uh, yeah. A lot of them are near identical or different slight variations, things like that. Now my collection is, is uh, what's the word curated for my taste, right? Where for the most part, if I have a device that gives me the experience I want, unless I want one for a backup, like I do a backup Commodore 64 is because if my one were to fail, I want to have, I want to be able to fix it because I use it so right. much. Yes. I also have uh, a, up here, a Commodore 64 C from England. That's pal. So that's a different experience because that's 50 Hertz pal. And then I've got uh, another one up here, which is really my backup that has some uh, of the more modern replacement chips in it. So slightly different experiences, but those are kind of redundant. But yeah, some people just like to have lots of the same computer. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Not me personally, but again, the more power to them. So um, I'm, you don't seem phased by that, that word inertia in that sentence. So apparently it's me that just has never heard it used that way. So I'm going to do some <laughs> research. I'm really intrigued by by that no, I think collections. I get what Josh was saying uh, yeah. because once you start collecting, it's hard to break that inertia of stopping. I, that's the way okay. I read it, and so, I, I I feel that way to a degree. Like like I I feel every month that goes by that I don't buy something new. It's weird to me. I don't know if you feel <laughs> the same way. Like like a lost opportunity or something. Yeah, and there's okay. still yeah. gaps in my collection. So if he's using it in that context, yeah, I I. I I'm not hanging on to them because of inertia, though. Uh, so that's where I think it's... The, adding on to it because of inertia, maybe, but... Adding on for inertia, definitely. I, I think I do feel that way. Um, uh, but no, I, I, I... No, I don't feel like I'm hanging on to anything for inertia. I, I, thoughts do occur to me, though. Like, one day, if I ever need to retire, and retro's still pretty up there and we're not doing the podcast anymore for one reason or another. I hope to keep doing it till we, till we're old and gray, but I have a sizable collection that could fetch a lot of money, which would be yeah. great. Yeah. They're good investments. Or, or maybe, I mean, if we were being realistic, maybe there is a couple computers worth some money that we just never get to. They're not terribly interesting and they yeah. could buy us two or three ones that we would find very interesting. Who knows? Definitely. So I'm, yep. I'm never opposed to selling something if it makes sense, but yeah, typically, uh, Yep. Yeah, I love this stuff. Um, here's one from me. Yes. Is there a game that you inexplicably continue to try and play even though you never enjoy it? And so this would be more or less something you're like, cool, I'm going to boot up this system and this game pops into your head. You're like, all right, let me try this one again even though I've never liked it. Yep. And you just keep doing it. <laughs> I have the perfect answer and I have one for retro and more modern stuff. Okay, so. okay. I'm very curious. Every time I boot up, and I, I just did this on the next, probably the third game I played on the ZX Spectrum next. Okay. Was a game called Batty. Have you played Batty? Batty, B-A-T-T-Y? No, no. It's a breakout clone, but it does have a lot of cool stuff going for it. It seems like whenever I boot up a retro system that I haven't played in a long time, one of the games I always boot up is a breakout clone. Okay. I play it for maybe five or 10 minutes and then realize breakout clones to me are very boring. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I just, Including I Arkanoid, up, which is kind of, you know, correct. one of the high points. Okay. okay. Arkanoid, even Arkanoid, Batty, um, all of them. Like I always want to load them up and I think I'm going to enjoy it more than I ever have because I never really do. They're always pretty boring. It's funny how, yeah, that like 
something in your head like this is a good game people love it i love mm-hmm. it and then as you're playing it, you're like that's right i don't love it <laughs> yeah i'm just playing it going why did i blow this up like i always think it's i'm gonna get more enjoyment out of it than i do and i never do like i'll play it for maybe five minutes and then go okay i'm done with that move on to the next game i don't know why so i'd say breakout for the retro one and then i know you're gonna hate this answer uh-oh uh-oh when when my son gave up his PS4, he's like, I don't need this anymore because he's got the next generation. I got the PS4 and I bought all these games that were said were, I basically said, what are the best games for the PS4? And I found a chart and I bought a bunch of games used for five bucks or whatever. Um, the two series are Uncharted and Last of Us. I all always right, hear all, all this critical acclaim of both of them. Critical acclaim. like Oh, yeah. Oh my god! And like, especially Uncharted. Like, uh, I'll get like maybe Which is fifteen my favorite minutes of the it. two. Yeah, and I'm like, I get fifteen minutes, in and I'm like, press A over and over again, wiggle the joystick. Like, I'm just like, I'm just watching a movie. Like, this is like so boring. Like, I, I can't. I, I I'll load these up every two or three months and go. Okay, I'm gonna sit down and try to figure out what the <laughs> big what the hype is and what Cody loves about these games because I remember we talked about Uncharted. I can't, I can't, I just can't, I don't get it. I don't get That's it. That's fine. You don't have to get it. Yeah. It's funny. No. Cause I, I don't hardly even remember those, those cutscenes. I mean, yeah, you have okay. to hit the buttons, which to me, I'm yeah. like, if you're going to make me watch a cutscene, just make me watch a cutscene. Don't try to make me interact with it. Yeah. So I don't even and, think of those parts, but no, they're, 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 yeah. The, the way the game plays, there's a lot of, um, I mean, they're essentially almost like levels that you play yeah. through. In fact, they're chapters. They call it chapters, right? But yes, yes. you're absolutely basically playing like kind of small battlefields and then a cutscene, and then level two is more or less another battlefield kind of thing. So no, it, it's really good to me. I just wish it was more <laughs> like, like, like far cry is a good example. Yeah. There's cutscenes, but they're pretty small. And then the rest is just gameplay. Yeah. It's definitely movie. Yeah. It's, it's it, movie inspired. It's, it's Yeah. No, I got you. I got you. It's more cinemagra- c- cinematic. And I'm just like, well, I, I I don't, I just, I still can't, I want to, I want to be on board with you guys that love these style games. So. <laughs> you don't have to. That's why I'm making you play Resident, <laughs> Resident Evil 4, not Uncharted. Um, Retro Rewind.ca, Eric. Yes, correct. What is that? Well, you didn't answer that question, so you oh, have I didn't. to come back oh, to that. I, I was trying to advertise. Yeah, we can do that, and then you can come back and answer the question. Let's do that. Yeah, there we go. See, it's called a cliffhanger. Just like in Uncharted, there's a lot of hanging on cliffs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Our show sponsor, Retro Rewind, is a website in which you can go to purchase all kinds of things that you need to uh, upgrade, to enjoy, to keep running your Commodore computers or your Tandy Color computers. Uh, We talk about this website all the time because not only... Are we sponsored by them? We're also clients. Oh, man. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, so some of the things that uh, we we always talk about, the capacitors you can buy to keep your systems up and running well. We like to talk about things like the various chip upgrades and things like that You they offer, such as accelerators for the Amiga line of computers. Uh, we talk about all the SD card solutions they sell so that you can plug your SD cards with all the ROMs and games and images and things you want into a cartridge and plug it right into the side of your computer. And Bob's your uncle. You're up and running games. 
the best place to get them on the internet is RetroRewind.ca because they make great quality versions of these things uh, with uh, solid labels and excellent price. And using the code PG10 at checkout will save you 10% more on that to come. But I also want to point out something we haven't talked about in quite a while, which is the amount of diagnostic uh, tools that you can purchase from RetroRewind.ca. So, for example, for your Commodore computer, you can buy the Commodore 64 and C128 diagnostic harness. This is a collection of pieces that you can plug into all the various ports on your Commodore computer to run a full diagnostic test. Um, Maybe something's glitching or maybe uh, something on your keyboard might not be working right. This will tell you uh, what is is going on and what may or may not need replacing on your Commodore to get it working. Uh, There's also things like the keyboard testing unit that you can plug into your keyboard for your Commodore, and it'll do a key test to tell you which ones are contacting well and which ones are not. Uh, Other add-ons are things like the Wi-Fi modem you can get to get your Commodore online. And the list goes on and on, Eric. Um, Yep. I love, I I still connect to a couple BBSs that are out there, um, and using a Wi-Fi modem means you don't have to use a landline to do it. And there are games, believe it or not, on BBSs, the good old text-based games, uh, which they called door games back in the day. So bringing it back around to gaming, you could get that Commerce 64 Wi-Fi modem, jump on a BBS, log in, and play some games on there as well. So, And one of my fa- favorite diagnostic things that I believe is specific to Retro Rewind, or it's the only place I've seen them, is the uh, 4-in-1 diagnostic cart in which you've got four different diagnostic tools in one cartridge for your Commodore 64, depending on which end of the cartridge you plugged in. And there's a switch that switches the ROMs over to other diagnostic functions. Um, So really cool way of packaging that where you have one item that does four different tests for you. Uh, And if you have a Tandy Color computer, don't feel left out because there's the Coco diagnostic tool on there as well for only $25 to plug into your Tandy Coco and you can test out your color computer. All these things and so much more at RetroRewind.ca. And Eric, what was that code again? PG10. First you log in, then you pop in the code PG10 at checkout, and you will get a 10% off of his already very low prices. I'm always amazed how low their prices are at RetroRewind.ca. Awesome. Uh, So to answer the question that I forgot to answer before, Eric, the game that I play often and load up every time uh, on various systems, it's not even a specific system, that I don't know why I continue to do it, because every time I play it, I remember I don't really like this, is Ping. Oh, yeah. You don't like Ping. I don't know. I can't put a finger on it. I it, It's pretty. The gameplay looks good. It looks like good arcade action. But every time I start playing it, I'm just, I get bored, and I go, oh, yeah, I, I, I continue to do this to myself, and I don't know why. Yeah, uh, it's almost like you're hoping it, that one day you're going to play and go, oh, yes, I do love it. But yep. it, that never happens. Exactly, but I play yeah. Pang a lot on the Amiga. It, Amiga has a great version of Pang. Yeah, I always end up loading it primarily on my on my main cabinet, but I've tried the Amiga version as well, for sure. Yeah. So, All right, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and uh, make sure everyone knows where they can get a hold of us. Right after that, you're going to hear our Patreon song, followed by Eric's take. 
And then we will be right back with Timmy Boy on the line. Hey there, it's Tim. And I've got all the information you need about the Pixel Guiden podcast. If you didn't know already, you can find the show Podbean site by visiting pixelguiden.com from your browser of choice. And while you're on your browser, why not check out our podcast feed on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network? You can find it at anchor.fm forward slash Amigos podcast. Have you got any questions? Has something we've said driven you crazy enough to want to call us out? Or you just want to say hi? We love getting your feedback. So here are the ways you can contact us. You can reach us on the show Twitter account, which is at pixel underscore guide N. You can email us and our address is podcast at pixelguiden.com. And if you want to reach us directly, that's Cody, Eric or Tim. The best way to get us is through our Discord channel on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network. You can get there by becoming a patron of our show at $3 or more, and we will get you a link to join the fun. If you want to reach Cody, Eric or Tim directly, you can get us on the following platforms. You can reach Cody on Twitter or X, and that's at oddball49, that's oddba one one four nine. Eric is also on Twitter and on Mastodon, and you can get Eric on Twitter at the project. That's D U H P R O J E C T, and at Mastodon is at the project at oldbytes.space. And Tim is on Mastodon at Sanxion, that's at S A N X I O N, at oldbytes.space. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, we'd love it if you'd give us a review and also for any of the other podcast catches that you may use. Here on Pixel Guide N, we like to announce every patron subscriber that subscribes at a $3 or more level by using our random adjective generator and a little bit of song. And this month, we're getting moody with some late 90s indie rock. Shaggy, Mr. Toast, Optimal, Brian Arsenault, Perceptive David Cavallari, and we have Belching Ram OK, Ram OK, Sorted Adam from Commodore Chronicles, Cackling Mark Richardson. Retro Gamer Nation All patrons of Pixel Gaiden All patrons of Pixel Gaiden The viral David Modelak Lavish Garth Hartlow Henrik Lofol and the prolific Matthew Ackerman Decimated Josh Malone Respectful Daniel James Gruff 10-minute Amiga Retrocast Eric Sangren's acclaimed transient Maciej Sosnowski Scraggly Mitsuyama 
What you just heard there was the theme song for the Playdate, made by a company called Panic. And here, this month of February on Eric's Take, I'm going to talk about my first impressions of this device. Now, the Playdate has been around for a while now. I, I don't remember the exact date that it was announced coming out. I think it was 2017 or maybe 2019. Uh, but it we've talked about it many times on the podcast. Uh and the discussions that I've had with Cody and Tim about this were basically it's it, this is another Kickstarter and they you know I think by the time we kind of were looking at this thing the Kickstarter had already been over with and then they were shipping the Kickstarters out and then the gist of it was we we kind of told each other this on the show that, hey, we'll consider this thing when it's just available on the website. So when it's available for sale as a product, maybe we'll look into it. Um, and I think that's where we left it. And then sure enough, I got an email uh, not that long ago, about a week and a half ago, I got an email that said, hey, there are now play dates in stock. Uh, the price is quite a bit higher than it was on the Kickstarter. I think the Kickstarter... Man, I don't remember. I think you could get the price. It, you can get it for about one twenty nine or maybe one forty nine or something like that. Uh, and now they were on sale for one ninety nine, which is pretty steep for a small handheld device or console. Um, and then you could get a little magnetic cover for it, which I did get. And that I think if you got a bundle, then it lowered the price of that thing down. To, I think it was twenty bucks or something like that. And I wanted a cover because I'm not going to put a screen protector on it or anything. Uh, but so I placed my order and sure enough, uh, it, after about two or three days, it shipped out and then I got it pretty quick. Uh, it shipped out from Las Vegas. I live out in California, so it was a pretty short journey for it. And I got it at my house and this is what I want to talk about. My first impressions of this device. This is not going to be a comprehensive review of it. Uh, cause frankly, I haven't had it long enough. I've only had it a full day. Well, I guess full two days now. Although I worked all day today, so I didn't really get a chance to tinker with it. I'm going to tell you my impressions of it right up front, uh, setting it up. Well, the hardware also, the the cover, uh, the operating system that's on here, how you get games, 
Uh, and I want to kind of give you my pros and cons of it uh, after just two days of having this device, uh, because I was kind of surprised at the cons, to be honest. Uh, for um, a console that's $200, I kind of expect perfection. And this definitely has some issues that I want to talk about. Uh, does it make me give it an overall low score? Well, hang around and find out. Oh, by the way, I'm also going to talk about the um, the big feature of the Playdate, which is the hand crank that is on the side of it. Uh, and if I think it's a gimmick or not. Uh Perhaps it is, perhaps it isn't. Uh, you'll have to wait and find out. So let, where, where to begin? Let's just begin. I, I mean, everyone wants to do unboxings and stuff. I'm not going to spend that much time on it, but it is worth mentioning. The packaging was top-notch. Uh, so I ordered it with a bundle with the case, of course. So it came in a, in a box, which, by the way, on Discord, I published the video of the delivery, uh, the post master or whatever, not the postmaster, but the, the postal person literally threw it on my porch. And the, the, the video is on uh, our Discord channel if you want to check it out. Um, he didn't really throw it, but he did drop it. He walked up on my porch kind of, well, I guess he jogged up to the porch, dropped it from about mid-waist level. It clanged around on the floor my video has full audio of course it, it, it bounced around on the on the porch and then he ran off uh luckily for me there was no damage uh everything seems to be fine and that is a tribute to the packaging when you get it when i opened the bigger box i had there were two boxes in there one was a little teal box that had the magnetic case and i'll talk about that in a little while it's when i say a case it literally just snaps onto the play date. It's really cool. I'll talk about it in a minute. Um, but the box itself is bright yellow or, or orange, I guess. It's kind of a combo between yellow and orange. Um, it says play date on it. it. shows a little picture of the little handheld. Uh, there's plastic wrap over it. When you open the plastic wrap, you open it. And there is a really cool, everything is kind of off center. So it's kind of neat uh, packaging. The play date's laying in there, and then there is a quick guide, a little instruction manual. Um, well, not even a manual. It's a piece of paper that just kind of is a quick guide to putting it to sleep and to using it. And then there is a little uh, cardboard envelope, if you will, that has a bright orange. Um, I don't want to say bright orange. It's kind of it's just it's orange. Uh, USB cable. That is a USB-C cable. It doesn't come with a power charger, but it'll work with just about any power charger. So you just plug it into a USB on your computer or a dedicated uh, like phone charger, and you plug it in, and it charges up. Um, that pretty much is the packaging. Very nice packaging. So I'll give that an A+. Very good stuff. Uh, very premium, almost like you see with Apple products. Um so I have no complaints there, and it did its job. Uh, thank you, USPS. Now, let's get on to the actual physical device first. When I pulled it out, the first thing I did was plug it in. I wanted to charge it up, and I think if I remember right, I had something I had to go to. Um, so when I got it, I just plugged it in. I didn't even boot it up. I just plugged it in. I was like, I'm going to let this thing charge up. I uh, went and took care of my errand or whatever it was. And then when I came back, I booted it for the first time. Uh, when you boot it up, 
it just goes, oh, well, let's talk about the device first before we get to the operating system. I think that's a better place to start. So let's take a look at it. I'm looking at it straight ahead of me. The first thing you see is that the device itself is, I think, perfectly square. Um, the handle, the, the crank is on the side. It's very small. Um, but it folds into the device, the little lever, and you, you pull it out, and it makes a very satisfying little sound when you pull it out, and then it becomes a crank, and then you can fold it and then tuck it back in. It doesn't go all the way into the case, but it kind of hangs out a little bit, but it's kind of safer, uh, snug up against the side of the device. Uh, it has a D-pad on the front. It has two buttons, a B and an A in that order. And then it has a monochrome screen that is not backlit um and that we'll talk about that later because I'll, I'll give you my pros and cons of this um there is a speaker on the front that is uh has a metal grill on it so it's kind of a nice little look on it and then there's a button above that on the top right of it that is the menu button when you hit that it brings up the menu if you're playing a game a little menu shoots out from the right hand side and let you adjust things like the volume, let you take a screenshot. Um, there are specific things for that game that you're playing that allow you to do different things. And then on top, there's a power button and that's all there is. So the, the, the crank, two buttons, D-pad, speaker, menu button, and the screen. So not a lot really going on. And that probably is good because the first thing that kind of shocked me about this device was the size of it. It is small. I mean, this thing, I, I put a picture in the Discord of and on Twitter uh, of the device, and it was much smaller than I thought. And listen, the screen is about half of the device, just a little less than half of the surface of the device. So the screen is really small on this. Um, but the device in total is very small. And listen, I mean, I, I was kind of worried when I looked at it cause I do have bigger hands and I was worried that maybe it would be difficult to use. Um, and we'll get to that cause I'll talk about that in my pros and cons. Um, other than that, the device is very well built. Um, I read that the company Panic, which had written a bunch of games, one was a uh, uh, untitled Goose game, I think was the name of it. Um, they had made several games, and then they decided to make this hardware device, and they did a great job. And from what I understand, they used Teenage Engineering uh, to help design the device and it really shows it looks like a teenage engineering device. If you don't know teenage engineering, they make a lot of very popular uh, musical devices like the pocket operators, the OPZ, the OP one, uh, just a lot of different um, musical synthesizers and instruments. And, and their, their uh, stuff is actually very well built. Now I will say just the texture of this plastic really reminds me of the OPZ or OPZ here in America. It's a synthesizer that I synthesizer that I have. It's a sequencer slash synthesizer sampler, and it it's kind of shaped like a remote control. But if you feel the plastic and the buttons, they feel a lot like 
this device, the the Playdate. So, so that's that. Now, I, after I charged it up, I booted it up, and it was very simple to um, – and I, this will be where I start pros and cons, but let's talk about the operating system. It goes through a setup. You need to go to the website. You need to set up a profile at Playdate. Uh, and then when you boot this thing up, it will show you a code. You pop that code into the profile you just set up at play.date. And when you pop in that code, boom, you're linked. Of course, before that, you have to join it to Wi-Fi. So there's a screen to join it to Wi-Fi. There's a there's a whole starting animation to the play date. I should, should have probably started with that. It's very cool. You You shouldn't skip it. You should watch it. It's a big animation. It uses it, it actually is a secret test of your buttons because it makes you use every button on the D-pad, the B, the A. It makes you do the hand crank. And all the while, this music is playing and this animation is going on. And it's really cool. You should watch that. Very polished uh, operating system. So that's a pro. It's very, very good um, operating system-wise. Join it to the Wi-Fi. And it has a very clever way to put in the alphabet. Um, it kind of li- are like scrolling wheels almost that you can use the hand crank to crank through them. Very fast. I actually was able to put in my rather complicated uh, Wi-Fi password in there very easily. Joins the Wi-Fi immediately. No problems there. Put in that code. It'll show you a code for your Playdate. You put in your profile in at play.date and you are connected. No problems there. The way you get so they have season one of games. I believe there are twenty four games, and you get those for free. Not really free. You bought a two hundred dollar device, but you do get twenty four games that come with it. There are two modes that you can get these games. There, every week it starts out with two games. Um, in fact, it's the I think the first two are what everybody gets. Um, uh, I'm starting this up to get the name here of those. Um, the two ones are white water wipeout and casual burger. Um, and they, they show up and that's really cool. Again, very slick animations. They show these in little gift wrapped packages and you unwrap them by using the crank, um, or the buttons, I think. And, and it like rips open a, like a Christmas present. It just like opens it up. And then it shows you a little tile of your game. I think that's really neat. Um, and, and it's very polished. All the little sound effects are really cool. Now, the way the first, the default mode is, is that you're going to get two games every week. So next week, I believe on the day that I originally got these two, I'm going to get two more games. I'm going to get two more games. It's going to keep going. If you want all the games at once, though, you can do that. Uh, if you go into the play date, into the configuration or go on the website, you can change that mode to just get all the games at once. I chose the default because I think that is really cool and it's going to force me to actually play the games because one thing I've learned about having a bunch of EverDrives um, and, you know, SD card solutions for all my consoles and computers is that having all of these games at your fingertips tips can give you choice paralysis and you don't uh, know what to play or you then get just kind of um, tired of, of making a decision or what have you. 
I like this method. Even though all those games are available to me, I don't have to go get them all at once. So I love that, and I'm going to eagerly anticipate my two games every week and play those games as I have been playing the first two games that I got. Now, you can also, there is a thing called the catalog, and you have to download the catalog, which I found odd. It doesn't come with the system, and it doesn't come with the updates. It It is a separate download, um, which I guess is cool, because if you don't need the catalog, then you save that disk space. There is about, I think it was four gigs? I'm going to say four gigs um, on there. I'll, I'll check that in a minute here. Let me, let me, I'm, I'm actually looking through the system right now. Um, I, I, I can't get to that screen right now. I believe it's about three point something gigs or four gigs or something like that. Um, that, you know, and, and I'm using a fraction of that right now. So not, not really a big deal. Um, so you can go. So once you download the catalog, it is like an online store that is actually on the play date, which is really cool. And you can go through like staff picks or top games or new games, or they kind of sort them by, you know, different genres or whatever. And so I went and I did buy a couple of games through the catalog. Um, here's what one, here's one con. <laughs> you join your Wi-Fi with this device, but it really feels like that device is, um, like a 56k modem those games download so slowly now i might be because i bought this when they were had first become available for general purchase so perhaps there is a run on people signing up and downloading and i hope that's what it is because these games will take i i've had i had a game take five minutes to download uh, and then it has to install. So it, it can take a while. Just listen, it's not a ton of time, but it's not time I'm used to. Like when I'm on a, my Steam Deck or my Switch, those games download pretty quick. And they're they're usually gigabytes of in size. These are megabytes. Um, I'm talking about games that are three megabytes or maybe 20 megabytes or whatever. They're not gigabytes. These are very tiny games. Uh, so it, I was just surprised at how slowly these games download and there was a game um that i got called crank tanks which is a lot, a lot like scorched earth i'll talk about that in a minute um it kept giving me download errors and and so i went and i downloaded a different game and it worked slow but fine and then i went to crank tanks tried to download again download errors again i finally was able to get it but it took three or four times of trying to do that um So so that's my first con is that it just seemed like connecting to play date was very, very slow. Also, when you're scrolling through the catalog, it shows you not only um, screenshots, but little animations, uh, almost like GIFs. They're not full videos or whatever, but they're GIFs of the gameplay of the of the games. But those would give me that little spinning circle like, hey, this is going to take a minute to, to download. So very slow. Now I'm hoping that that is just because of the popularity of this play date and that it's so new. So I'm hoping that that uh, that that that's going to subside. I don't know. I I haven't looked into other if other people ha have had problems with that over the past couple of years that the play date's been out. 
but it is a little unsettling. I mean, it's a brand new device and it has modern chips in it. And you would imagine that this thing would, would be pretty quick and it's not. So let's talk about something else here. So um, playing the games, let's talk about the, the device itself. The D-pad and the buttons feel amazing. I'm literally, they feel fantastic. No problems there. The crank has some resistance on it, which is good because if it was floppy and it spun too fast, I could see it breaking easily um, and just not having a good feel, especially for precision games with, that use the crank, which we'll, I'll discuss a couple of those in a minute. The crank feels really good, has just the right amount of resistance in it. Speaker is a mono speaker right in the front, um, and it's okay. Um, down at the bottom, there is a headphone jack, there is a microphone, and there's a USB charging port. I haven't even tried the headphones yet, to be honest, but I'm sure they're fine. So that's probably in stereo, even though there's just a mono speaker on the front. The microphone's interesting because I have seen some apps, like there is a um, a kind of like a sampler, like for a music sampler that you can record into it and then use it in a little music track. So I think that is really cool that there's a little mic in there. Um, Let's talk about a con. The screen. This is a low battery usage, monochrome, almost like the e-ink screens. In fact, it's that might be exactly what it is. I don't know the technical data on what this screen is. This is just me as a gamer looking at what this screen is. The resolution is great on it. Uh, I'm not going to say anything like that. The gradients in the black gradients in the color is good. This is not a backlit screen. This is not a backlit screen. And if you know me from the show, every machine I have that is old, like uh, the Game Boy or, uh, you know, the the Wonderswan, um, you know, the Game Gear, I install upgraded screens because I can't stand when screens, when I can't see what I'm playing. Um I always install brighter screens, either like with a backlight or just a full color LCD or whatever. That's one of the things I love modding about my handheld consoles is modding them for bigger and brighter screens. This screen looks great resolution wise, beautiful. I find myself having to adjust in my seat to put my back to the light so the light hits the screen so that I can see it. And when it does, it looks beautiful. If I literally tilt the screen down a little too far or up a little too far or to the left or right a little too far, it dims, the screen dims quite a bit where it is very hard to read. So I I would have to give this, if I'm going to go back, talk about the controls and all the stuff, I'm going to give this a, a solid A. Um, I... I'm going to give the screen a C. It is not the, I mean, it, it looks great when the light hits, when you, when I get the light perfect on it, but I have to make the light hit it perfectly. And that is not good for a $200 device. Um, so not, not, not happy about that. Um, with that said, um, let me, I'm going to talk about the games now because Whitewater Wipeout I played. It's okay. It's not. Let me tell you my philosophy about about systems. They're only as good as the games, um, period. Uh, you can have the 
highest tech it built into a gaming console or a handheld device, and it's going nowhere if it doesn't have the games. I love the game model of getting two games a week, blah, blah, blah. It has the catalog, so you can go in there and just browse games. You can go on the website and browse games and literally buy them on the website and then download them. You can sync the device and then download them to it. Oh, by the way, there's you can also – this is a pro, and I want to I wanna try to give this device its due – the you can sideload games on here. So if you're a developer, you do not have to work with Playdate to um, post your game on their store. Because I don't know if they get a cut or not. I don't know any about that. Anything about that. You can go on itch.io and publish a game, have somebody pay for it, which I've done, and then you get this PDX file. I think it's I think it's PDX. And you can go on the website, so not even the device. You don't have to plug the device in or anything. You go to the website, and you drag and drop it in this little area on their site, and it will sideload it to your device. That is slick. So a big kudos to Panic about that. They're allowing people to sideload games, and it works really well. Slow, yes, but works really well. Um, so that, that is brilliant. So let's talk about a con, though. The first time I was trying to figure out how to download the games, it's a little clunky. Um, I have to admit, it's a little clunky. Um, you have to sync. So you go to you, the catalog, and you have when you go to the catalog, it says hit B to sync, and you have to sync it, and it takes a while. And then when it syncs it, it will show you games that are in your like library, but not, maybe perhaps not installed. That really wasn't spelled out very clearly in the instructions. Um, it took it. It took me a good ten minutes, kind of banging my head against the wall trying to figure out how to download the games. Now, once I got it, I understand. You have to go. You have to sync up your list of games. You see the game. You grab it. It downloads it. You grab it again, and you can install it. So there's a bunch of steps that I just doesn't. It isn't as smooth of a of an experience as I wanted it to be. But once I got the hang of it. Not that big of a deal. Um, I'd probably give that a B minus um, if I'm if I'm rating that. Um, I started downloading game after game. I downloaded. Uh, I got Whitewater Wipeout and Casual Birder. That's kind of an RPG, kind of a little bit like um, uh, the Pokemon Snapshot game, kind of like Earthbound. A little bit reminds me of it a little bit. It's a little RPG about bird watching and taking snapshots and pictures of birds. Um, it's really cute, really neat. Uh, I think that I'm going to have fun with that one. I haven't played it that much. Uh, but then I downloaded a game called Crank Tanks. As I told you, that's kind of like a scorched earth game. Uh, real, real, R-E-E-L, R realistic fishing. Cause I got to have a fishing game. I mean, it has a hand crank, uh, Celeste, which I grabbed, uh, which is, you know, available on any system. Uh, grabbed a game called Oom, O-O-M, um, and I started playing them and I was like, okay, you know, I was playing them and, and they're fun. They're fun little games. But to me, they were almost like, like Pico 8 games um, where they're like just quick, quick little games, nothing too in-depth. Um, and, and I started to worry. I was like, because I, I watched a bunch of reviews on the Playdate, and there was a lot of people on there that are saying, like, oh, every game is just unique and awesome. That, my friends, not true. I've run into some games that 
are less than stellar. Uh, they're either they're just not well built or they there's like this Castlevania clone that I was watching that chugs. I mean, it's it, it, it just doesn't run well on the play date. I think it was the, the developer was over ambitious and it just it moves so slowly. I don't know why anyone would want to play it. Um, and as I played through the games, I was like, these are these are good. These are fun. But there's no killer app there. Um and then I got a couple of games. Uh, that OOM game is a lot of fun. It's like a puzzle game where you shoot, but as it, you shoot behind you and it propels your ship and you have to exit the levels, but the, the, the laser coming out of your butt on, on your spaceship can actually destroy things. So there will be enemies, there will be uh, laser gates, and if you hit those, it op- you can open the doors by blowing away the doors, but you have to like maneuver and you spin and control your ship by using the crank, and that's it. And it's a rhythm game too because your ship moves in spurts, so it's like doot, 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 and as you're moving like that, you can spin your ship anyway to adjust the direction. It's a fun game. I like it. That's one game I really do like. And then the other game I finally found just today, I downloaded the game. It's called P Racing. P hyphen racing. That's the killer app for me so far. It's a racing game, kind of like a go-kart racing game. Fully three-dimensional it doesn't look cheap or thrown together like some of the games I've seen on Playdate, which I'm not knocking it. I can't program, so I'm not going to knock anyone's ability to program games. Programming games can be tough, uh, but a lot, of, a lot of the games I see are not polished. Uh, they just don't look very good. They don't sound very good. Um, this game, P Racing, is, is the best game I've seen on the system, hands down, so far. Uh, it is a racer, kind of like the original Mario Kart. Uh, you're driving around. Uh, it has lens flare. It has um, different settings, city like night driving where there's street lamps. You're in a city. Uh, there's like country raceways. So far, I've only raced about six of the tracks, and I've, I've I just got the game like maybe four hours ago, and I've played it maybe an hour, and I'm loving it. Fantastic game. Uh, I got a little sh- shoot 'em up because I love shoot 'em ups called Space Master. That one is a lot of fun so far, but it does it brings me to my next con, which I want to talk about. After playing this for about an hour, because it's so small, and my hands are on the controls, and some of the games require you to use the crank and then use buttons too, it can make your hand cramp up. At least my hands, because it is the it's so small and. The crank is unique, but if they and if it's just the crank, that's fine. But if they make you throw in using some buttons with the crank, the way the device is and and it kind of throws it off kilter on like off axis as you're spinning it and you're trying to fight holding the system with your other hand while pressing a button, it can get pretty dicey. So um, playing some of these games for an extended period of time can be really tough on your hands, um, it, you know, especially if you have big hands. Um, so yeah, that, that can be definitely a con. Um, let me talk. So, so pretty much that's it. I still haven't, I want to find better games. So I, and there, oh, by the way, so I was reading an article today, doing a little research for this. There are now over 400 games. So listen, I've only looked at maybe six games so far. 
So don't take my word on the quality of the games yet. I've played a tiny fraction of what is available out there. So I am going to do my exploration in the coming weeks. And I'll probably have a follow-up to this, at least, you know, maybe in catching up. Um, Because I talk a lot about Pico games in our catching up segment. I'm probably going to be adding Playdate games for sure and talking about those as I find them. Um, I, I am hoping I find better games. I guess I'll word it that way. A lot of people online rave about the games and love them, so I have high hopes that I will find quality games. It needs more killer games because right now the games I have, some of them are good, um, but not great. Um, And so I want to try to find, I just want to find better games. So uh, one last thing I want to talk about is the magnetic uh, case because I didn't really talk about This is really cool. The little bolts that hold the system together have tiny little... um, I don't know if they're, they're not hex holes, but they're just little holes in the screws on the top. And the way, the way the case works is it's magnetic and it just folds in half. There's no, it doesn't, it it magnetically is held in here and the, there's little pegs in the case and it literally snaps, very satisfying snaps into the case. And then you just put the cover down and it, when it does that, it magnetically closes. And, um, oh, another thing is you don't really need to turn the Playdate off because like that e-ink monochrome display, it uses such low power that all you have to do is put it to sleep by pressing the power button once and the screen stays on and there is a clock on there, a little analog clock. There's the date and there's the battery usage. And I've used mine a couple hours today and the battery isn't even at three quarters yet. So the it, the battery life is amazing on it. It is awesome. So that's an A. So anyway, it's a mixed bag. There's there's good, there's bad. Only time's going to tell if my ra- rating's going to go up or down. If I had to give an overall score to this right now, I think I would give it uh, overall maybe a B minus. Um, but I think that's going to rise. If I can find three more killer games on this besides the P racing, uh, games that I'm addicted to, hooked on, uh, that I love, I think that rating could shoot up to a high B or low A. Um, I'm I, the screen is a was the biggest bummer to me um, that it's not backlit at all, and that and I knew that going into it, but I thought maybe the screen would just be bright somehow, even though it's not backlit or just easier to read, and it's not. You're going to need a well lit room, and you're going to have to make the light hit that screen. Um, I think the I I think I'm gonna really enjoy this machine. Um, I just need to get used to uh, the screen a little bit more. But otherwise, it's it's a solid. Like I said, for right now, I'm gonna give it a B minus. But I think that's gonna rise when I find better games. If I do, and I will keep you posted on that. But that's Eric's take. Thank you for listening to my first impressions of the of Panic's Playdate. Um, I appreciate you listening, and I look forward to talking to y'all in March. Thank you. Timothy, I see you have joined us. I have indeed. Hello. How is everybody? 
we everybody is sad. You're I we see you are wearing the hat of champions that should have been. I've got to keep the faith, as they say. He's got his forty nine er hat on. Which yeah, of course uh one probably one of the best Super Bowls I've seen in a long time. Unfortunately, we just ended up on the wrong end of it at the very end there. So it was a nail biter and it didn't really help with my sleep pattern either. <laughs> no, yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking, oh, we're, we're going to be done here by like 3 a.m. And no, went into overtime and it it was, it was all on that, like, all on that field goal, wasn't it? When they muffed the field goal, that was it. You could put it there. You could, you could absolutely put it there. Yeah. Um, so impressive that, that, you know, by my calculations, that means, yeah, you stayed up the whole night. You didn't go to bed until the until it ended, and you probably went to bed at like four. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a diehard Tim fan. Yep, and up again three days later at five a.m. <laughs> to do this. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> cool. Uh, so first thing before I forget, uh, we do have some listener feedback that Eric we wanted to make sure that you touch base on. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to spend too much time going into um, everything that, that, that was said because this was – the last Eric's take I did generated more um, feedback than uh, I think I've ever gotten on any Eric's take because I think it hit a nerve. Uh, basically, my Eric's take was on uh, the status of gaming in 2024. Um, basically, you know, lamenting about the lack of – games and actual game shops was, was one of the focuses um, that it's all just merch and not as much games about how games are going more digital and less physical. Um, and just that I think kids are going to miss out these days on going into a game store and looking around and seeing the cool stuff there. But, but all of the feedback I got was pretty much people saying, agreeing with me. So there wasn't a lot of uh, con- contrasting viewpoints. Um, I heard from Adam from Commodore Chronicles. I heard from David C- Cavallari, uh, Pajaco6502, and Jerry Gray from Ami West. Um, and they pretty much echoed the same things um, that I was talking about, about their nostalgia, their feelings about it. Um, and 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 all that stuff is in our Discord. So if you become a Patreon member, you can jump into our Discord and and check all those statements out. Um, I I I think we've I think gaming is just moving in that direction. We talked a little bit about that. How things are on the Xbox, especially, are going. There's just not going to be a physical market anymore, and. I don't know. I, I, I just, as a gamer, I just feel kind of bad about that. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. What else do you have to say about that, Eric? That's it. So, Adam, thank you. David, Pajaco, Jerry, I appreciate the feedback um, in uh, in our Discord. And uh, Jerry emailed us, so I, we appreciate that. Remember, you can email us at podcast at com. Thanks, everybody. Everyone says you're welcome, Eric. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I think we need to go ahead and uh, fill ourselves with uh, some beers. I don't know if Tim, after yes. that whole thing, is going to have another beverage with us this morning or not. But Well, I'm going to have my coffee, but <laughs> that's about it. Do you have your lavazza? I do. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so 
my beer for this episode, and I do I do mean my beer. I'm not having two this episode, uh, gentlemen. But yeah, it's a new one, and um, I've recently had a beer from this. I want to say it's a new a new brewery because I had not heard of it too much until re- very recently, and it's called Ramble West Brewing Company. Huh? I haven't heard of them. Uh, and I had one of these a few months ago. I want to say on the show, and it was one called Ramble On. I believe, or no, no, I can't remember the name of it because it says Ramblon on this one as well. Uh, nonetheless, this is their India Pale Ale. Last time it was a hazy of some sort. This is their standard IPA. And it's got this cool old like uh, California poppy here with an old lantern, kind of like mining country, uh, which is where we, I live and kind of the gold rush mining country of California here. Um, and uh, Chico, California. Made in Chico, oh. California. So Ramble West, is that right? Ramble West Brewing Company. Yep. And that's an IPA? It's an IPA. Absolutely. I just want to get my spreadsheet correct here. Yep, yep. So made in okay. the same town as the uh world famous at this point, uh Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yeah. But this is a completely different brewing company, to my knowledge, and I'm making a completely different beer. So I'm excited to try it. What do you got, Eric? I have from one of my favorite local breweries, Jackrabbit Brewing Company. I have a beer I haven't tried yet from them at all. They're in West Sacramento here in the Sacramento area. Guaranteed it's a cool looking can though. Yeah, it's called Catch of the Day. Has a fisherman on the front. See him with the mustache. Catch of the Day. It's got a very 70s style kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Muralist. Yeah. 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 Catch of the Day, but it is a Kolsch. Kolsch style Kolsch. ale. Kolsch. I have Can't a say hard time saying that for some reason. Kolsch, Kolsch, yeah. Kolsch. It's a tall boy, though. <laughs> I always appreciate the tall boy. That's pretty much all we drink anymore is tall boys. <laughs> exactly. That says something about us. <laughs> that says cool. something. Cool. And then Tim, Tim's got his uh, yeah, Lavazza. Tim, so. There we go. Cheers, Cheers everybody. Cheers. Coffee, coffee, coffee. Coffee, coffee. So, I have not had this one on the show, but I have had uh, a number of these recently. Okay. Starting with the Super Bowl, and it is excellent. Oh. And you, and not really a flavor profile I usually um, lean towards, too. Um, it's got it's It's got some bitter going, but it's kind of offset with a a melange of different hops and mm. floral qualities. Um, it has definitely got a lot going on. It's complex. It's full bodied. Yep. I, I'm, I'm so delicious. happy that I'm so happy when you say something has a floral taste because I'll be explaining a beer to somebody else and I'll be like, oh, it has this floral taste. And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? Really? Like they don't, <laughs> they don't know what I'm talking about, but I, it tastes floral to me. Yeah. And, and so there's definitely, I think that is a thing. So I'm oh, going to keep saying it. Oh, it for sure is. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing that's more of a light hoppy taste, isn't it? The floral notes. Well, there's definitely a hoppy taste. And then, yeah, the floral notes are almost like if you were to be drinking a beer and you walked by some lavender. Yeah. Right. You know, lavender, it, like it hits you. In, well, to me, it hits you in the face. Uh, this isn't really hit me in the face, but it's that, it, you know, it's, it's a smell a flower might give off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I completely get it. So out of 29 days in February, what would you give this Cody? I've really been enjoying this one. 
Yeah. Um, man. This might be taking over as my beer of the year here. Um, mm. In fact, I think I'm going to give it to it. I think I'm going to give this one a 26. 26. Ooh. High praise. High praise. That is. This Kolsch is refreshing. But yeah. it's not yeah. too... It's not too exciting. Yeah. Cultures are never terribly exciting, but they are refreshing. It is refreshing and it's got a creaminess to it, which, which is really nice. Um, There's just not a lot there. So it's doing the job. It's like trash man. A bit of substance. Yeah. The trash man, you appreciate him because he's doing his job, but you know, he's a trash man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow what a great i know i just lost great metaphor all of our, i just lost all of our trash man listeners um, <laughs> refuse operatives we appreciate you i do appreciate them <laughs> I, a, I appreciate them up the wazoo they make quite a, fish, a pretty penny around here too it's official all the uh, uh all the computers that get thrown out are no longer going to be saved off to the side and sent to uh you know they've never done that for me anyway well, apparently they, they do that in England, right? Don't you guys have the what do you call it, like the tip centers or whatever? Recycling centers, yes, Recycling. we do. Yeah, yeah. Ours, they, we it... have. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say we have recycling centers here, but they have strict rules. Once somebody donates something or donates, drops something off, nobody is allowed to take it off the property until it's been like destroyed and just into parts. It's like they they don't keep they aren't given back out for any reason. Yeah, some some places are like that. Others aren't. Some are some are a bit more relaxed. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, if you want to pick it up and take it on, it's trash. It's up to you. You know, it's, it's yeah. on your head. Be it. <laughs> <laughs> Saves them a job, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. I'm gonna rate mine the same as I did the Gillies, the Gillies Lager. Um, you know what? Uh, Nix that. I'm not gonna do that. I'm going to do it a little, because I like the Gillies, I think, a little better. I'm going to give this 19 out of 29. Okay. 19 out of 29. Yeah. So that places it, that places it in the 65%. Yours is 89, almost 90. So, yeah, I think that's your. Kind of wanted to bump it into 90, but hey, that's all right. That's where I put it right now. Uh, Gentlemen, we kind of agree that we weren't going to do a game show this time for, Mm -hmm whatever, I don't know, the zeitgeist of what we kind of thought of at the same time. But what I did throw together is something I'm going to call coffee talk. However, I don't have, it's just a couple of topics for us, just for us to yap, to drink our beers and yap. A uh, sewing circle, a sewing circle. A sewing if you will. circle. Um, but I don't have a fun opening for coffee talk. So I found this, this one blast from the past. Uh, I'm kind, it's more, more or less like we're having a little interview between each other. So there you go. Now we got a sh- now we got an open. Yeah. <laughs> we um done that for a while. <laughs> so, some topics here. Uh co- coffee talks with Pixel Guy Den. And these are just broad topics, but just something to get us yapping. And I also have some cool uh movie soundtracks to go in the background. 
so that uh so that we <laughs> feel like we're inspired and in talking about these topics I actually didn't intend for it to be quite that loud here how about yeah that's pretty about, loud how about that that's volume bad. back it off a touch <laughs> so gentlemen our first topic are new video games better or worse than they used to be Tim I'd like to start with you and see what you feel it's a blanket statement you can interpret however you ever want A new video games better or worse than they used to be? I don't know. Uh, leaning in to get it's... off my lawn territory. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the only, I guess, the only real new games that I play are kind of like the Zelda games and Gran Turismo. And I guess each one is better than the previous one. Um I don't know really what more I can say than that. Um, Games are individual, aren't they? And and also down to the individual in their perception. Um, Yeah, I I, I don't know really. I I would say yes, that they are better um, because each iteration you go through, the game kind of gets better and better. If you're playing... um, a uh, a dynasty of games uh, so again like zelda or gran turismo or stuff like that um the recent gran turismo gran turismo 7 um again using that as my reference point uh, even sort of like going that step from the ps4 to the ps5 um just makes the game feel and play better um one thing i, I do like about that Go on. I, was gonna, I was gonna play a little devil's advocate. I get it with a game like Gran Turismo because that's a simulator, right? So the more mm-hmm. you can make it technically feel like real life, the better. But in mm-hmm. a game like the Zelda series, many people believe that the Link to the Past on Super Nintendo is the best Zelda there ever was to this day. Yeah, I mean, I, throwing I, it I, out I, there, I can subscribe to that thought, but. I can say for me personally, I've never really got that very far in Link to the Past. Whereas obviously uh, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild, I've completed and Tears of the Kingdom, I'm almost there. So, And you could have completed, but you decided to spend more of your life in there first. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, but but that that so you know where where does that kind of argument hold up um you're talking a, a game from the 90s which is you know is a brilliant game don't get me wrong i'm not in any way dissing uh link to the past but it is from the past it is an older game it is a smaller game in that respect um does that detract from it maybe a little bit these days if you look at what's available now through Zelda, the things that you can do in Zelda, all the different game mechanics, and especially with what they built in recently with the fuse mechanic. Um, You know, just that one little thing opened up so much in the game, you know, without all the other extras and the, the different um, levels that you can literally, the different levels, you've got sky and the depths and the normal Hyrule plane. Um, but anyway, I'm holding yeah. the conversation here. Yeah, uh, Eric, <laughs> Eric, 
Our new video game is better or worse than they used to be, Eric. So this will be this will be maybe controversial, but video games today are better than the games of yore. But and and there's a big but there. He um, there's not as many. There's not as many good games. I I've, I really believe that all these big AAA titles come out and most of them aren't worth the 60 or $70 that they're asking for. Um, I'm finding the best games are the $20 indie games on steam. Uh, I'm loving those so much more than the big indie, the big, uh, you know, AAA titles. I can't even tell you the last big AAA title I bought. Um, but the games that are good, the indie games are just head and shoulders better Gameplay mechanic-wise, graphics, everything better than the games in the past. I will say that all the um, other things related to gaming, like the boxes, the feelies, the the excitement, the volume of games from the past were better. Like all that stuff together was Physical better. Physical attributes of games, right? Nowadays, yep, well, if you go into a GameStop, all you can buy physically is a plushie. That's right. Exactly. And games were better tested back then. I mean, there were games, of course, that had bugs Ooh. in them that were released, but there were, <laughs> no, they were, I think they I, were better I tested. I disagree because with you on this to a point. Okay. You can't, I mean, you can't patch a, a Super Nintendo game. Once it's shipped out, you get what you get. Nowadays, they're shipping half arsed. Is that okay, Tim? Is that arsed, a bad yeah, word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Half arsed. Half arsed. <laughs> Half arsed games, um, and they're they're shipping those out all the time. I mean, look at Cyberpunk. Look at any game like that. They ship and they're just barely playable. That's true. And they're true. shipping them to get them out the door, and that's not the way it used to be. So there well, are things been in that beta are better for ten years. Yeah, there are things that are better and things that are worse, and there are things I really appreciate about retro systems and games from back in the day. But purely gameplay, it's better today. It's better today. So my take on this is there's so many aspects to it, right? But ultimately, mm-hmm. I have to say, yes, they are absolutely better today. We've iterated on the things of the past and made them better. But we've also, in certain cases, made them a whole lot worse. Yes. Um, Agreed. So Eric's got this. I have to point out. Eric's got this new camera on his on his yeah. laptop yeah. <laughs> that like auto auto focuses on where he goes, and it makes it really dramatic when he like moves. And <laughs> And it, so and it makes me, me feel seasick. Makes me hear this music. <laughs> yeah. Old man Eric, up to telling his stories again. Um, AAA titles, I would say, are worse. Physical games, I would say, are worse. But if you're looking for a genre or an experience like you had back then, I think even now today, there's so many more new experiences if you know where to look. Um, if you're hoping to get the experiences on your Xbox by, you know, going through your A and AAA games, no, they're not there. Uh, but if you dig through Steam or dig through a lot of stuff that's going on the store, it's in there. You kind of have to put the, the the effort into it. But with stuff like you can find on the Evercade, stuff like on the Playdate, we've been looking at these fun little experiences. Stuff on Pico Eight. Um, would rival some of the stuff we used to play on the Nintendo and things like that. True. 
Um, and I do think that there was a ton of terrible, uh, you know, NES games in particular where you're like, man, I just spent 30, 40, 50 bucks on this thing and it's almost unplayable. Like it's that bad. And you really don't run into too much of that anymore. Even up to like the Game Boy Advance, there was shovelware that was just hardly playable. Nowadays, for the most part, if you play a game, it might not be your bag, but it's not broken. Um, don't forget the Wii. The Wii was guilty of shovelware up the yeah. wazoo. This, yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Well, and, and to be fair, now we're actually seeing a ton of that on like the eShops and stuff for like 99 cents for this game where you, I don't know, punch a watermelon and that's the game. <laughs> right. I don't know. There's some weird stuff on there. Uh, oh, there's one I just saw recently. <laughs> there's one I just saw, and I had to take a picture and send it to my wife and some of uh, our other female friends. It was Mom Simulator. And <laughs> it's exactly what it sounds like. You wake up and do all the things a like stereotypical 1950s mom would be in charge of, and you do it. Yeah, it's It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you get to change a baby then you, after that you have to put the baby down and go make breakfast and you have to do it it's just it's it's, <laughs> it's it is a simulator these simulators are, are a whole new thing to me but anyways long story short uh I, I do think you you have to search farther you have to find your niche but when you find your niche there's so much out there right now especially if you look in, in the if you want to call it indie scene or on itch.io or on steam and there's so much polish on games that almost make no money because I think also the programming tools that allow some people with really good game design ideas to be able to make games quickly and efficiently and good uh, help a lot as well. Uh, even the games that are being made now for the old systems are better than the old games uh, in many respects. Uh, I'd say definitely a lot of the new games on the microcomputers are better than games I've ever played that are, are classics. Um I'd say there's a lot of systems that I don't think are there yet. Um, I'd say there's there's very few modern NES games that are as good as the, some of the originals, but we're starting to see some. Uh, but anyways, it's it's a fun time. Honestly, it's a fun time. So that's all I'll say there. Uh, I'll start with Eric on this next one. Eric, mm-hmm. we've already talked about this. You've already talked about this, but it's already written down. So I'm gonna I'm gonna continue yeah. on with it. Are physical games dead? Yes. I, right, I, I, I'm i going to make a bold <laughs> prediction here that within, I think, between five and ten years, so seven years from now, you just won't, it's, you'll, there'll still be physical games, but they will be far and few between and they'll be very expensive. So here's what I find interesting. I'll go, I'll go next, Tim, then if you want to, if you want to go on that. I mean, I think they're already more or less dead in a lot of respects. We were just talking before Tim hopped mm-hmm. on about, the Xbox and I unknowingly more or less uh, bought my Xbox S from somebody who was selling it for cheap and it was a great deal. But before I really knew that it was a digital only system, it does not have a CD drive or DVD drive. when we'll call it in it. I have no way to add physical media into this thing. It has to be downloaded. Um, it's a bummer. That being said, I think what it is causing is, for a lot of things to be created that I think are way cooler than putting a CD into a slot. Things like the Evercade, things like the Playdate making its new hardware, things like these kind of handheld games like um, uh, some of the remakes of, uh, for, for for example, the Game & Watches that are coming out. Uh, we've got the, the Mario one, the Zelda one. 
I think that there is a need for these physical things, uh, for the micro, these micro or mini, what do you call it? Mini consoles, things like that. So I think, I think it's just changing. And so rather than having a physical disc and having that physical ownership of a game, we're getting like devices and we're getting individual experiences that are kind of attached to that physical thing. Like the uh, Oregon Trail handheld game that was in all of the Walmarts and Targets throughout the world for a while there. Um, <laughs> just yeah. The camera zoomed in on Eric right then. It was... <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> Uh, uh, Tim, what do you think, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I reluctantly, I, I guess I do agree. Um, I'm a big um, believer in something physical to put into a slot or something along those lines. Um, but we're dinosaurs, us, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 30, 30 plus 40 somethings, 50 somethings, whatever you want to call us, us retro gamers. We are the minority. We are not the majority. The majority of the world nowadays is hunched over their phone. Very few people now actually um, in the mainstream are actually gaming on devices other than something that they have in their pocket i.e a mobile phone or or something along those lines yes you do have the console players and that sort of thing and that market is still big the hardcore gamers tim the hardcore gamers i (laughs) I mean if you just look at okay so minecraft put put that one aside because if again that's going to go its own natural way isn't it but if you look at gaming as a whole now, what are our daughters doing? Are they playing on physical consoles most of the time? Or are they sat hunched over their mobile device and playing games on there? I know as much, I as, keep, much as we keep buying them physical things that we want them to love, they end up on that stupid phone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So um this is this is the way that the market is gone or is going um and will continue to go um i don't see really in the next 10 years where the the games market is going to go in terms of you know the the physical devices um other than sort of like a, a mobile platform or something along those lines the playstation the the microsoft xbox that sort of stuff you know are their days numbered? Um, because streaming is obviously such a big thing. You know, what is all this sort of stuff going to be built into our TVs and set-top boxes or handheld devices, that sort of thing? And again, it completely doing away with, with physical media, with physical stores. And for me personally, there's nothing sadder. Um, but then also, you don't w- miss what you never had. So that's what we've got to think is that we know what it was like before with all these shops and wonderful things that you can go and pick up off the shelf. Um, But if you've grown up with none of that stuff, (laughs) you don't miss it. You don't have any nostalgia for it, do you? So that's I can see both sides and I can see where the market is going. And it is sad for us old dinosaurs like me um, because, (laughs) you know, they 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 are missing out to a degree, but but like I say, 
they don't miss what they've never had. So that's that's yep. also my view. And that's what I said in Eric's take was like I I was you know lamenting and and being sad about this whole situation. No one no one else is. I mean, the people of today, the my son, my kids, everybody out there, they don't they it. it I don't think it really matters to them one way or another yeah. because they don't know Unless- any unless you've taken some time to not so much educate them, but um, tell them about the, the days of yore. <laughs> right. Um, you know, Dan- Danica's got a good, you know, background in that sort of thing. And she appreciates this. She, she likes some of it, but you know, when I go, what is going to happen with all this stuff? I don't know, sell off or I'll probably go into landfill. <laughs> Well, it's funny, and this is going to be a controversial statement, specifically for this show and our listeners. I know it will be, but it's kind of if you logically follow what I'm about to say here, I think it makes sense. But we're talking about, you know, I, I often talk about how I don't totally get some of these um, really specific old programs for people that are trying to document every game that's ever existed, including some weird game that one coder made in his house, and. Uh, there's no copies of it. No one remembers it, but this game was found. Oh, we've got to document it. We've got to document it. Uh, and honestly, you know, uh, again, I mean, no, no disrespect to anyone, but how is that any different than a, a woman who painted something in her art studio in her back room and uh, it got it fell behind the a dresser and not too many people saw it and someone finally found it and they're like, oh, this woman painted this painting once. I mean, realistically, it, it was it's it's kind of the same thing. Is it art? Yes. Is it something that happened? Yes. Is it historically significant to the whole world? No. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's historically significant to those who might've experienced it. I never experienced that painting or that game. So I don't personally care if it got preserved or not, but there is a part of me as a, a retro enthusiast. And a lot of people put a lot of time and effort into saying, you know, all these games, let's preserve everything because once it's gone, it's gone. But that's true with a lot of things. So anyways, interesting topic. Interesting topic. Yeah. I think if you have the ways and means to preserve things like that, then, then do it. Um, you know, it, it, it's, you do you as we all say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could take that painting that woman made and take a picture of it uh, before it gets thrown in the landfill. And now we, there's a picture of it that exists. I don't know. But yeah, um, all right. This is a this is kind of a weird one, but it's one I was thinking of recently. Right? Uh, obviously, when we were getting into retro until today, retro the whole retro, not necessarily the original games themselves, but the whole you know you can buy all kinds of merchandise and stuff based off these old retro things, these mini consoles. Um, retro was kind of everywhere, right? Uh, and it, maybe maybe it played out. Is the world past this whole retro thing at this point? And by world, I guess I mean kind of the mainstream. Are, is that past? Are we becoming a niche thing again? Are we headed that direction, Tim? Uh, yes, is a simple answer to that. <laughs> um, uh, we are we are becoming back to um, full circle. I think. Um, but I think the term retro now is kind of more fading and it's more of, I don't know, how can I put it? Uh, we have been playing Commodore 64 games in retro times <laughs> uh, longer 
than the actual physical existence when it was first released so when yeah, it was current yeah. generation you know we we're dragging these systems along with us um and we're extending their lifespan beyond even what they were originally back in the day um so many times over retro yeah retro is still there i guess in in a way but it's really it's just us just having that nostalgia and you know keep keeping things going keeping the 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 flame burning um and using our passion for the the past um to fuel these things moving forward but the the whole retro thing as a uh, business model uh, money making and all this sort of thing Yes, there, there's the Ataris out there and uh, Nintendo and Sega to obviously to an extent are kind of like um, living to a degree off of their their history with, uh, you know, uh, Mario and uh, Sonic and, and all those sort of things. So that's still a, a, a nod to the past, but they're very much in, in the current generation as well. Um, but I think uh, if you just look at uh, YouTube, for example, um, you know, when, when ret- retro was, you know, cool, as it were. So, you know, you're talking sort of like from 2012 to probably 2019 was the boom time. Um, you know, there were people popping up all the time trying to make a quick buck from retro on YouTube. You know, uh, oh, look at me. I've got this latest shiny xyz thing um and i'm presenting it on a camera and i've got a script that's been written for me by someone and i'm following that and i'm presenting it um a lot of those people now are falling by the wayside uh because the viewership is just not there um and you're gonna have a diehard following of those particular channels all the time but i do think that a lot of that you know, the, the big expansion has, has died back now and it's kind of settling back to where it should be, um, where it's for people who have a genuine interest in it, not just a sudden passing of nostalgia thinking, oh yeah, I used to have a neighbor who had a Commodore 64. I'll grab one of those off of eBay because it's like 40 bucks and I'll use it for a week and then I'll throw it away, um, or sell it back on again. Um, so that's where that kind of like bubble came up is people were realizing that the stuff was about, and then it's kind of like gone back its own natural way. Um, so yeah, I, I do think that the retro thing is, is definitely um, fading in into the past again. What do you think? And for me, the, uh, the height of that was seeing multiple young people who clearly didn't live uh, when the NES, for example, was a thing. And they're wearing a shirt with a big NES controller on it that says "classically contra- uh, classically trained," right? Right. And then I would ask these people, "I'm like, oh, do you like the NES or whatever?" They're like, uh, oh, the, yeah, this, yeah, my, I think my dad has one. I'm like, you're wearing a shirt saying you're classically trained on the NES, and you, you've never even played one. So, it, I mean, that was kind of to me the height of retro being cool. It wasn't even the activity of being involved in these old things. It was just. It was a logo. It was, yeah, yeah, it was old, old pixels are cool. And like 
every shirt had a pixelized version of it, uh, you know, what, regardless if it, if it was a retro video game related thing or not, right? It could just be a, I don't know, a, a logo of something Nike or something with pixels, right? Oh, it's a, but I do still see like in the Super Bowl, they just did the whole, a whole, a whole uh, 30 minute segment where they had like an old, um, like an old pixelated version of Madden or something from the Genesis, but with the new players in there that they are kind of like riffing on. So I don't think it's, it's gone just yet. I think it's fading a bit, uh, at least as far as, as far as young people latching on to something because it's cool. Um, what about you, Eric? Is, is, is the world past this whole retro thing? I don't disagree with anything you said. Come here. Let me zoom out here. Oh, ooh, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I don't disagree with anything you said, but the only problem with this is that for guys like us, the diehard guys that are still in it. Nerds. Yeah. Nerds still. I mean, we're going to keep pixel guiding going forever. I hope, but the prices for stuff is still high and still through the roof. Nothing. Uh, I, 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 dis- nothing sorry, has come I, down. I, I did. I disagree. I disagree with that. Maybe the, there, but not here, man. Uh, I un- I understand that some <clears throat> things that we are looking at physically have got have remained high or are increasing because there are certain things that will do that. But on the whole, okay. My, my sorry to sorry to hijack your part. I'll, ju- <laughs> I'll just just be very quick on this. Um, Commodore sixty four disc stuff. Yep, yeah? I love it. I collect it the prices on that have dropped by half and it's overdue. It was long overdue. Like certain games were selling like Monty on the run, for example, I I paid silly money for that because I wanted it in my collection. But this stuff now is, is coming down. You can pick games up for around about uh, again, for about 30, 40 bucks, which is still a, 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 a chunk of change, but it's not like 150, 160 like it was you know even a year ago so definitely prices are coming down sorry go ahead i want to riff on that one because it's interesting too that i think uh nes which is kind of the you know the most at least in america the most poignant example of that bubble and stupid prices and stuff they have come down dramatically and uh but but when we started, when I really started, when we started the show, of course, was about five, six years ago. When we really started getting into the bubble here was about 10 years ago, as you said, maybe 2012. All those NES and then eventually Super NES and Genesis, all this stuff started bubbling up. Now those are going down, but no, it's climbing right now is Nintendo 64. It's the next generation that that was their first system. And so it's, you can watch the, the wave kind of move along with it, right? The people who grew up with the Nintendo 64 playstation they have money now and that's what they're buying and you know we're, we're part of that too but not to the extent where the majority of those people of that age are buying it and will probably end up selling it off in five ten years and then that bubble will drop so because see i'm noticing prices higher on certain things like mm-hmm. ps1 ps2 i was yep. picking those yep. up all day for 20 bucks 25 bucks 30 bucks all day long i could go anywhere and get that like legacy has one for $120 for a PS2. Like, yep. are you kidding me? Like that, like that age group is getting there and the supply has dwindled and now the demand has <laughs> risen up, you know, it's yep. capitalism as, as finest here. 
Yeah. So I, I, I do, I do, I say that on some things, yes, the price is going down and there are other things, the price is going up. So I guess it's market fluctuation, but if it's the things that we kind of like have zoned in on in the past few years, then yeah. I mean, I think probably the one big exception to that is Amiga. I think Amiga is still strong prices. Definitely. Hmm. And I I think probably even more so here because um, they're just, I mean, I'm sure someone's going to yell at me, someone named Doug, but it just wasn't (laughs) nearly as prevalent here. I mean, to me, it wasn't. In my world, it wasn't. But that makes the prices higher here because there's not as many of them. Exactly. And then, of course, the internet has brought it to the whole world. There's people here that want them, and the original sales were not here, so therefore there's not as much supply here to fill the need, blah, 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 blah. All right, final question for Coffee Talk. This one will start with Mr. Eric. Okay. Are our beloved vintage systems that we've already repaired to fix them, to get them back up to snuff, still in a constant state of decay? Yes, absolutely. 100% 100% and our battle when you listen to our battle Tim we both struggled with with the Intellivision and ColecoVision because we haven't played them in a while we pull them out and they're not working right like um, yeah I'm finding that I used to always tell people like yeah I buy these systems I mean I'll go I, I used to go on Goodwill and get like a Genesis for 15 bucks and three Commodore 64s for 35 bucks and they all worked and they were all in good shape and I used to get all these systems and I was always surprised how they all worked and they all worked really well. And then now, like I pull, like there, it's just been sitting in a plastic bin for two years. I pull it out to play it. Something's wrong with it. Like it, it, it just, yeah. So, I mean, the, the quick answer is, yeah, these, these vintage systems are decaying and they require a lot more maintenance. Um, if your system isn't working, take it to RetroRewind.ca. Use PG10 to get 10% off, and they will fix it for you. Do it now. now Do it. Now, now. Do it. But anyway, um, yeah, they need a lot of more TLC. I'm finding the, a lot of my stuff. I'm so afraid of turning my Vectrex on every time I turn it on. Like <laughs> oh, One day yeah. it's not going to come on, and I'm going to be so sad. I'm literally, if that happens, I'm literally going to try it two or three times, realize that it's really not tricking on, and yeah. I'll probably just turn it off and go walk to my other house and just lay down and fall asleep. Like, yeah. I'll be so sad and defeated that I'm just like, I don't need to be awake right now. I don't want to <laughs> open it up because it has a monitor in it, and I'm going to, like, kill myself. I don't want to die. Like- I've actually, I've played in there. I've, I've adjusted the things yeah. in there and reached around very cautiously, <laughs> Yeah, maybe shaking more than I should have been, but... Yeah. Yeah, Tim, our beloved vintage systems in a constant constant state of decay. Yeah, simple <laughs> as that. S- same as me, I'm in a constant state of decay. I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, you know these these things are are unless you're you know taking them out testing them every sort of like three or four months or something and and keeping them going uh we know that doesn't happen because we've got so much stuff um it's it's difficult to keep on top of all these things um 
and yeah, it, to, to a degree, it's good because it keeps our pals over at RetroRewind.ca busy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pays the bills. Uh, so it, in a way, it's it's good. Uh, but in a way, you know, it, these things are going to come to their natural end. Um, and it's and, and and again, it's kind of like we are the custodians of 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 this sort of stuff, aren't we? You know, we've we've taken up the mantle to try and keep these keep these things going. Um, but there's only so much you can do with them at the end of the day, isn't it? Um, Not all heroes wear capes, Tim. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, it's funny because that's actually a really good segue into uh, the next thing I was going to talk about, but that's in a different segment called Catching Up. So shall we catch up? Let's do it. Let's do it. Perfect. Well, let me go ahead and just find the... Uh, here it is. Catching Up with Eric and Cody and Tim. That was a much louder introduction yes. than I remember it being. That was quite, <laughs> that was quite voluminous. Uh, yes, so... Uh, my first Cody. topic here on catching up. Oh, yes, Tim. What's that? What? Hmm. No, no, no. It's no, just you no. first, isn't it? Yep, yep. It is. It is. So this was related. So uh, as we just talked about in our last episode, we pulled out our Intellivision and ColecoVision, uh, found some minor issues with both of them. Hopefully yep. they're minor. And I'm like, part of me gets excited to, because I'm, I haven't been able to solder and stuff very much anymore, but I did pull out my soldering iron and some things like that. Uh, and I have my stuff more or less set up on a plastic card table, like the one you hear here. Um, but I'm like, man, I'd really love to uh, to get into to, to set aside some time and start digging into my some of my stuff. My game gear stopped working last time we tried to play a game on that. I need to get the game gear up and running again. Uh, I think I have some RAM to switch out on on the uh, com on the ColecoVision. I've got some RAM to switch out on my Plus Four. Um, I've got some some small projects here, right? Nothing that shouldn't be on my my ability. Fast forward to random. We're we're redoing our bathrooms. We're looking at redoing our bathrooms. So doing the typical uh, middle age thing of going with my wife to tile stores and things like that. Um, just the best experience ever. If you want to, if you want a good at Valentine's Day, you want to go to a tile store together. That's what you want right. to do. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> That's that's love right there, isn't that's, it? <laughs> that's 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 love because you're basically saying, "Hey, I'm willing to bet our relationship can survive this, and we're not going to be signing divorce papers at the end of this tile store uh, visit." Um, we have different opinion on tile. Who knew? That being said, uh, random. We were at one of these stores, and they had a big old pallet full of these workbenches in boxes on super sale for like 120 bucks. And I'm like, I'm going to get me one of those. And it's funny because it's one of those things where they had one built, but it had been beat up and hit by so many people that it was just shabby and shaking. But for some reason that still didn't deter me from buying this works workbench. Um, so I sure enough, I bought it, I brought it home, started building it three hours later. I'm still not done building this stupid workbench. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is, uh, it is a very heavy box. And when you pull it out, I'm pretty sure uh, almost all the weight is in the, I'm sure, poisonous lead uh, hardware that comes in the... There's like 200 bolts, nuts, and washers, uh, 200 of each. And they, they're most of the weight. The actual metal that makes up this thing is so thin, it, it's like a feather. Um, 
So I'm taking my time with it. I'm building it with Loctite. I'm putting Loctite on every single screw because I do not want this thing backing off. I don't want this thing to become weak and wiggly. So everything's going to be basically glued together on top of being screwed together. But it's going to be super nice because I'm going to have a nice workbench, which is one of those ones that have the little light over the top of it. They've got little power strips built into it. They've got a little a little uh, shelf above the light where I can put my solder sucker and my um, uh, heat gun and all the things up there. And it's going to be just set up and ready to go. And it'll, it'll renew my zest for electronics. And I plan on doing those, uh, those projects and digging into them. Um, So that's, that's my first topic for catching up. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. What have you been ripping into Tim? Well, I've been ripping into some Raspberry Pi 5 gaming. <laughs> Ooh, so you got yourself yeah. a Pi, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I said that the last month, I think. Um, Did you? I, I whipped out the Rye Pi 5. Um, but, yeah, uh, I've actually got it working with something that's kind of vaguely been developed so far for the Raspberry Pi because there's still not a lot of stuff out there at the moment. Um, but one that has been tuned for the Raspberry Pi is Recallbox, um, which is a great emulation platform. So it's kind of along the same lines as RetroPie and that sort of thing. Um, but the skinning that they've done on this is really, really good. Um, uh, the way it looks and loads up and feels uh, is very, very good. Uh, it's got really nice <clears throat> menu system. Uh, they've got some nice... Uh, uh, when you turn on your, your RyPi, it feels like you're turning on a console. So rather than getting sort of like the black loading screen or even just the retro pie, they've got these really cool animations, which are like, you know, like your Perfect. Xbox turn on and that sort of thing. So they've kind of riffed on that and used some of the sounds from the, from the boot up sequences from some of the consoles, but made their own animations. So that's quite nice. Um, but the implementation is really good as well. Um, they've, uh, kind of got all the all the emulation there set up ready to go out of the box and they even include um some example games with all of the systems um that you can kind of like legally play um so you can also do things like playstation 2 saturn dreamcast all those emulations are all built in there and it was pretty easy to get them uh, going out of the box as well um so that that was really cool so the the saturn side of thing just works an absolute tree it's really really good on the ride nice. five um the one thing that i wanted to try and get going which i'm still having some issues with is the uh the sega naomi platform so um some of their um like like crazy taxi and all that sort of stuff i've managed to download all the all the images and all that sort of thing but i just can't find the right iteration set of bioses to get it going um which is a real shame because i've been looking forward to that but um yeah i'm going to keep plowing away at that um obviously the ripi 5 is so much more powerful even than the 4 so you know the experience that you're getting out of it um even on like playstation playstation 2 that sort of thing is really really good um so if if you're someone like yourself, Cody, that hasn't quite um, hit on the Mr. Wave, um, the RyPi 5 with something like this is might be something you might want to consider as well. Um, but 
you know, if you've got Mister or that sort of thing, then you know you probably don't necessarily need it as such. Um, but then I guess the limitation of the Mister system is within probably the what do you think, Eric? Sort of like the Saturn and probably the ps2 yeah. is probably the cutoff point for that isn't it i don't know yeah i don't even know if um ps2 is going to be possible on yeah. that yeah. Uh, dreamcast I ps2 so- i think i i think ps1 saturn is about the max it's going to be able to do yeah. the n64 yeah. because it's specialty chips um yeah. i think that's the max there's no more now that new mister that's coming out might be able to do that but if the rpi or, or, or the raspberry pi 5 can do that then that seems probably the good way to go. Yeah, I mean, it seems to do it standing on its head at the moment. So, you know, there's so much more scope on the Raspberry Pi 5. Um, Yeah, very, very good. Yeah, so um, I was uh, playing some some stuff on that and uh, was wondering what I can do next with my RyPi 5. (laughs) This will be real quick because I know you've covered it in your um, Tea Time for Tim uh we've talked about it ad nauseum so i don't want to get too much into it but i did receive my spectrum next here's the box yeah very cool box love the box um the little highlights with the coloring on there and all that good stuff um it's been on my desk uh nonstop since i got it I've booted up probably every day, play a game here and there. I mean, our six good games was about it. So I was doing a lot of research on it. Um, so I've been using it. It's been flawless. I mean, I, I, I don't have anything really bad to say about it. I, 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 I'm taking an approach where I'm not just dumping huge libraries onto it. I'm kind of curating yeah, special games on it. it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, I mean, like on my Mister, I've got every like huge libraries on there, which is great because it's I can jump on there. But for the next, I'm just kind of doing it old school, where like I drop a game on there and I play it for a long time, and then I'll go and grab another game, put it on there. You know, I'm not I'm not rushing into it. Um, it's just you know, it's all that's all just a mental thing. But I I I, I want to take my time, kind of savor the opportunity with it. So. Been enjoying it quite cool. a bit. Um, Does the new so, next have a have a on off switch built into it? Yes. It, well, they give you a little cord that plugs into the power switch. But okay. It came with it. I bought. Well, I had to buy one of those separate for mine. Yeah. But yeah, it was yep. one of, one of the Kickstarter goals, wasn't it? One of the early Kickstarter yep. goals was the switch. So the switch is built into the power switch. I mean, no, no big deal there. But I mean, it's it's cool. Works nice. works really well. So. Well, I got so a, Cody, a, what's up with X? This is very super. Uh, yeah. Very super. Very simple. <laughs> uh, I wrote this before I actually did it. Yeah. It did not come to fruition. I wrote, I bought Hardcore Uprising okay. and said thanks to uh, Alexisms yes. on our Discord who, who suggested this. So this is a game very much uh, styled after like Contra, Hardcore, right? But you can't call it Contra because they're not Konami. So this uh, whoever made this game just called it Hardcores. Or hardcore C O R P S. Never know how to say that to get it across correctly, right? But hardcore uprising, and it was on sale for like four ninety nine. Normally a fifteen dollar game on Xbox. Went online, found found it, tried to buy it multiple times. For some reason, uh, my Xbox game store just I I put in my card info and everything and hit enter, and it just sat there, didn't do anything. Restarted it, tried it again, didn't do anything. 
tried other games, didn't do anything. So I literally tried to buy a game and I could not buy my game. Yep. So I hope to get back next month after actually buying it and, and trying it. Good news is just like I talked about last episode in news, uh, by doing that, I also noticed there's a new uh, Contra game coming out from WayForward shortly. So it was cool to learn about that. I'm really excited about that game, but also want to try uh, try this one. So hopefully I'll have more news about it next month. Uh, Alexisms. Thank you. Uh, so now that I've got that sorted, Tim. <laughs> yeah, so I've been sorting through my Amigas um, as part of my kind of like clear out process. Um, I have a number of those and it's just, just really very, very quick. Um, I've got, I think it's uh, three, maybe four Amiga 600s, um, a couple of 500s. Um, and I've also got my Amiga 3000 um, that uh, I need to get the board out of that. And all of this is going to be shipped over to our wonderful friend Frank over at Retro Rewind. Sweet! Um, and he's he's agreed that he's going to be able to uh, get all of these systems uh, recapped because they, they, uh, going back to what we previously said, I kind of like blown away the myth that is all this stuff decaying. Um, the all the six hundreds all work perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> And I wasn't expecting them to work because I'm sure I've tested those out in the past when I first got them and they just didn't work. So whether it was just something within me or at the time or what, I don't know. But um, yeah, all of these systems just work. Um, so they're all going to go across to Frank. I'm just literally just going to send the bare boards over. I'm not going to send all the stuff. Make um, sure you use uh, code PG10 <laughs> at checkout. Oh, I'll be using PG10. Perfect. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to be getting all this stuff shipped over to Frank. Uh, he's going to be able to get him, get them all recapped for me, including the 3000. And I think, um, I'll be sending the 3000 power supply over because that's still set to 110. Uh, oh, so, wow. Uh, because obviously that was sent over by the awesome Josh Malone, one of yes. our good show friends, a personal friend and patron. Um, so thank you, Josh. Um, and, uh, he's going to be sending, uh, I'm going to be sending the power supply over as well. Cause hopefully he'll be able to just convert that over. Um, and I think Josh already recapped the power supply, so I don't think that needs doing. Um, but yeah, so there's going to be uh, a bunch of stuff going over to Frank. Uh, he'll be able to get all that sorted for me, um, and then ship it all back. Um, and then those Amigas are eventually going to find their way out from my collection and into new homes. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So, so if, so if anyone's interested and wants an A600, please let me know. <laughs> Yeah, I love my A600. I mean, it's really cool. I have to admit, I mean, because my A1200 sits on my desk, I haven't, I have, my A600 does end up just sitting in the plastic tub, but I do think it's a really cool system, and I wish I could have it out on the desk more. Is, um, your, is, your, 600, is your 600 a PAL or is it an NTSC? It's a PAL. It's a PAL. All right. It's a For PAL, yeah. I thought you had an NTSC one. Nope, it's a PAL, and and I have an accelerator in there from Retro Rewind, and it mm. works great. I mean, it is fast and plays everything. Hey, is that 3000? Remind me about 3000. Is that a tower, or is that like a desktop style? 
it's desktop. It's not the three thousand tower. That would be. Yeah. Yeah, I would risk sending that in the mail. I mean, it's it's a risk sending this one, the three thousand D. But yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm sure it'll be okay. Just <laughs> D's nuts. Uh, I'm sure it'll just be uh, it'll be fine with just the board itself. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's gonna gonna make its way over to Frank. So I'm uh, happy that we're gonna get that all sorted and get it going. That's awesome. Uh, let's see here. I, I've been enjoying some new snacks. Snackies. Mm. So as everyone knows, because I've talked about it a lot on the show, I've been getting into snack, which I never thought I'd really get into on the Mr. very much because I'm, I was happy with regular old Bluetooth controllers or whatever. But I have to say I've been really enjoying like collecting the snack adapters um, and for people that don't know, a snack adapter basically is something you can connect to the Mister and use original controllers with near zero latency, which really just makes it feel like it's a real console because, I mean, it's so accurate and it plays so well. And then now you're using an original controller with original timings. It's pretty amazing. I feel like that's kind of part of why you would get a, a Mister, right? The, the, to be as close yeah. to the real experience as possible. So for me, exactly. that would be a must buy. Yeah. Yep. And now, like Pokemon, I want to collect them all. So I've been getting all the snack. And as new cores come out, um, I grabbed my my dealer in snack is this mm. guy on eBay. Uh, his name is seven four zero seven Chris L. He opens and his always, coat, and I, his trench coat, and they're all lined inside there. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly how it goes. And he um, he actually reached out to me and was like, hey, I'm – well, originally I reached out to him. I was like, hey, if you ever have an N64 snack controller, you know, the core is to the point now where it's playing a lot of games, and, and, and it's it's – in fact, I think it's playing most games now. I want an N64, like be able to use real N64 controllers. And he goes, yeah, I'm working on that right now. And then a couple months later, he emails me and says, hey, you know, I've got them if you're ready to buy. And so I looked at what else he had that I didn't have. And so the two new ones that I have is I have the four-player N64 snack controller. So I can plug in four four controllers into it. Um and the the core supports that so that's pretty neat. And then I have the Neo Geo huh. um ooh snack controller. So basically I can plug in the DB15 um uh controller in two do two players. Games. Now another thing that this one really is co- one thing that's really cool about this one is a lot of um the arcade cores support snack and they support this controller. So yeah. I can play a lot of arcade games now using the Neo Geo, you know, joystick. You know, they're not uh, Neo Geo joystick, specific, yeah. And use it with that, even if it's not a Neo Geo specific arcade game. A lot of them support this Snack controller. Um, man, I'm just I've got PS One now Snack controller, so I can play uh, you know PS One games with the authentic controller. All the eight bit systems, Master System, Commodore, Atari. Sega Genesis. Um, God, I, I, I can't even remember all of them. But now I've gotten... I, so I have eight different snack 
adapters for my mister so I can use real controllers. And it, I, I'm just loving it. I, it's one of those little, you know, side hobbies that you, we get where we're, <laughs> we're into something and then you get kind of geeky about a specific thing. And now I'm just into snack adapters and just trying to get every one that I can. So anyway. I'm like that with the back bit right now. I want all the back bit adapters. Yeah, I need to, to buy that. this. I haven't built my own yet for Backbit. I, I've only bought completed ones, so I need so to do it. So fun because they're cheap, and then you get a solder. Yeah, you're like, great, I got this sweet adapter. You're like, cool, now all I have to do is buy myself a Mattel Aquarius so I can use my new adapter. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one's another super quick one for me because it's, I, I touched on it last time, but uh, I have officially finished and completed... Uh, Far Cry New Dawn now. So now I'm like, well, where do I go from here? Because I can't stop Far Crying. No. So do I go old school and go primal? I do like the bow and arrow stuff, unlike mm-hmm. unlike uh, Eric. Do I jump into the, the most modern iteration and, and just get myself some Far Cry 6? And it's funny because it's not even a money thing, right? Because like primal, I think, goes for like four four ninety nine. You know, uh, on when it goes on sale on the on the shops, and Far Cry Six is now like fourteen ninety nine on the on sale. But it's more like, all right, it, it's going to be a time investment. So, which one do I want to stick with? Because when I do it, it's going to be a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, but and I can't really say because I didn't get very far in Primal at all. It just wasn't gelling to me at all. Yeah, yeah. Far Cry Six was though. I got about halfway through it, and I just. Haven't had time to get back to it, but I, I would like to. It Far Cry Six is a great game, so but didn't grab you as much as five, which is Tim's favorite Far Cry. <laughs> it's the only one I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarification. And it's a Far yeah. Cry from Fun. Right? Far Cry from yeah, Fun. <laughs> indeed, it was. It was a Far Cry. Oh, from it's fun. so good. <laughs> Uh, Tim, speaking of, speaking of uh, jacking dragons, <laughs> jacking dragons. What? <laughs> That's my segue. <laughs> okay, guys, are you in yeah. love? <laughs> I'm in love. Oh wow, it's the month of love too. Here, let me pull this oh, up here. Wow, this uh, right. So I've actually provided a video for you guys to watch of me playing jack dragon and the oh, wow. sound as well because this this is ah uh, this is such a colorful um assault on the senses um, really? it's a kind of like a bit of a i mean it's a brilliant game brilliant what game. is this on um, what is that so so this is this is on um well i'll do like a little mini introduction to it so this is jack dragon and the stone of peace it's available on steam itch.io and xbox so it's in the xbox uh, store uh it's written by jeff who goes by psychic parrot and this was released in uh october 2023 uh, you can find jeff on mastodon um and he is at psychic parrot 42 at mastodon.gamedev.place. Jeff wrote Jack Dragon uh, originally on the Specky. So there is a Specky version of this. Um, And then he made uh, the kind of like the PC and Xbox version uh, in October last year. So Jack Dragon is 
but bomb jack. best way to kind of uh, yeah bomb uh, cross bomb jack with bubble bubble so you've okay, got yeah. uh, bomb jack is is you know never heard is, of it is cool and it's kind of cute, but you've got the super cutesiness of Bubble Bubble, um, and then you've got sort of like the the whole collecting mechanic and jumping platforms, and the way that the actual um, uh, Jack sort of like jumps is he does high jumps, and then you can control him in midair by tapping the button and making him kind of like float along as he as he's um, going between the the platforms. Uh, you've got to collect all the diamonds on the levels. Um, and you have um, a freeze option that you can collect, which freezes the enemies on screen. So you can then kind of like get round in the awkward locations where they are to collect the diamonds. Like Bomb Jack. Um, move on. Yep. Yeah, move on to the next level. Um, and then every four or five levels, I think there's a bonus round um, where you've got a, a, a timer and you've got to collect the, uh, the all the rows of diamonds before the timer runs out. Um, and then you obviously get loads of bonus. Um, but yeah, man, this, this is just such a great fun game. Um, Even as the flap, the flap, like bomb Jack that kind of slows his descent. Yeah. You just did it there. Are you, I I can't see the video. Yeah. I can't see that either. I'm just seeing me. I'm watching the video. What are you guys doing? Not watching what I'm watching. (laughs) Hold on. Stop sharing. Sorry. I don't know if there's a way that you can actually get the sound on that as well through into what you're, uh, because it is. Yeah, I don't think so, but. Okay. Uh, re, yeah. Re, rewind some so Eric can see what's going on. <laughs> oh, I, I got it. Yeah. I, I yeah. can see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it looks it's, a lot like kind of bubble bobble. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of yeah. a cross between bubble bubble, bomb jack, that sort of thing. Um, it's just one of those quick games that you can pick up play yes there is a timer but it doesn't really make any difference i haven't hit on the timer at all on any of the levels before um, okay. you'll either complete it or you'll die <laughs> before the timer runs out generally um and, yeah i can uh, see that's got kind of like that bomb jack floating thing where mm-hmm. you yeah yeah that's it yeah there, there you go there's the bonus level so you yeah yeah you got basically get all of those and you've got to complete chains as well so uh, if you have sort of like a gap in collecting sort of like two or three seconds then your chain breaks Um, but if you're constantly quickly collecting then you get um, a chain bonus at the end of each round as well yeah Um, and yeah this is this is just such a great fun game Um, so there's i think it's got about 72 different levels um, so like say you've got bonus stages, got brilliant music. There's, um, a, a high score, um, for each of the different game difficulties. So you start off, you know, pretty easy. Uh, then you've got like the, the normal difficulty, which the game starts on. Um, and then you've got the super hard and the super hard one. I, I don't think I even got off the first screen on that yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this is brilliant, and it's it's like I say, it's available on itch.io, um, and you can just you know uh, throw Jeff a few bucks. Um, I would really recommend that you guys um, and everyone just go and grab the, a copy of this game if you like this sort of thing. Um, and it's even the the, the development um, type, uh, com- co- kind of like name is Team Monster Games for this one, so it even kind of fits in with my theme. <laughs> Team Monster. Um, so what are you yeah. playing it on, Tim? Just Windows? 
Uh, I've played it on Steam. Yes, I've played Steam. it through Steam. Um, and I've also played the ZX Spectrum version as well. I was going to say, I'm curious about that one. <laughs> potentially going to be one of my picks for this month but uh, because okay. i'd already kind of like decided to talk a lot about this one um the uh, the spectrum version is a, is a good version as well it's really nice and there's a 48k and 128k version as well so you've got sort of like uh, 48k music and you've got uh, the 128 which has got the ay um ay music so that's really nice apparently google doesn't want to work for me right now I was going to pull up that version of it. I'm very interested. That's cool. I'm going to, yeah. uh, I'm going to, I'm going to highlight that one for future reference here. I want to get that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely worth it. High score competition. I feel it coming on. Uh, that is a darn good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, are you living in Sindon? Yeah. I want to keep this. Cause I've talked about this already <laughs> that uh, I have ordered the Sindon light gun. I got one with the recoil action um, light gun games aren't something I've gotten heavily into. And so I figure it's a whole new facet oh, of them. gaming that I can get into. I love them too, but I've never really gotten into them to a degree. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the arcade ones just kind of passed me by or I'd see them in the arcade. I'd play them once or twice and then I'd move on. Um, but so, so I ordered it and I'm waiting for it to come in. But in the meantime, I've started prepping what I want to play, what I want to use this gun with. And I found that one of the best platforms is the Raspberry Pi and that there are images on, um, if you go to, if you, if you just Google arcade punks, they, they, um, they have this like library area where you can download images of all sorts of systems, uh, not just light gun games, but everything like Raspberry Pi games or, or whatever you can basically whatever system you're looking for, they have full like SD card images that you can just put on an SD card, pop it in whatever machine you're looking at. And it'll just boot up with like, I, I think I did a steam deck image once uh, from arcade punks. Um, so basically what I found was there is a whole raspberry Pi four, which I'll, I'll play this on my, Raspberry Pi 400, which is all light gun games, and they're all set up for Sind and light gun. So Perfect. it's like a 64 cool. gig SD card, just chock full of games. And all the Sindon requires is that you install a driver, and then what it does is that whatever game you play, it puts a little very thin border around the game so that the cameras on the gun can track Reference. what it is. Yeah. But I've got all that ready. So like my Raspberry Pi 400 is all set up, ready to go. I am literally, when that comes in, I can just plug it in, hopefully in my Raspberry Pi and I'm off and running. So that's what I'm hoping comes in and I can do an Eric's take on it for this month. If not, I'll do it next month, just whenever it comes in. But I'm still waiting for the shipping notice. They ship out from the UK and I'm still waiting for some kind of tracking number. I mean, the tables have turned. We have to wait in America for the UK stuff now. Exactly. exactly. And you have to fair. buy guns from the UK. And guns, <laughs> yes. <laughs> guns, um, guns, guns. So I've got a couple quick ones here. Uh, yeah. Long story short, last time we talked about Portal, I almost finished it. Sure enough, uh, about 40 minutes later, I finished it. Sweet. So, fun. I, I love the end of the Portal games. Uh, no spoilers, I guess, but you kind of break the fourth wall and it becomes very fun at the end. Uh, especially fun. 
and hilarious. Um, all I can say is that the cake is a lie. Um, the cake is a lie. The cake is a lie. Um, I'll save this part for later, but one thing I forgot to put on catching up that uh, I sent some pictures to you gentlemen is uh, it was awesome. So my my older daughter and my and my wife were going to an FFA event quite far from here where they had to spend the night. FFA is uh, Future Farmers of America. Uh, the program through the schools and and teaches you all kinds of things uh, uh, specific to farming and raising animals for uh, you know for sale and things like that. But also just how to be good business people and uh, hold yourself in in professional situations like holding meetings and things like that. It's a really cool program. Anyways, while they were off doing that, that means my younger daughter and myself uh, were home alone. So we decided to have a, what we call a date night where we go out and eat something and, and do something together. And, uh, you know, treat her, treat her like a man should treat a lady on a date. And, uh, so yeah. she knows, you know, what to expect and what is right and what, what men should and should not be doing when they take, when they're going on dates kind of a thing, but time to hang out with my daughter. So we went out and got, I love it. Uh, 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 she wanted to get a burger and fries. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. this works. And then, uh, go to the local arcade, which we've never been to yet in in Auburn, and uh, it is an arcade bar. So it is a, but it is family friendly. But it is, there's a full bar right there in the middle. So I got a beer and she got a diet or a, a root beer or something. And uh, you guys saw some of the pictures of the games there, but they had like all the classics in there. Yeah, um, solid. Yeah. And they were all working except for one machine. Of course, the only machine that wasn't working was one I was very surprised to even see there. And it was one of the, I, I don't think they're commercially produced, but they had a Fix-It Felix cabinet, mm. uh, which was, I'm sure, put together by somebody. And it looked great, but it was that was the only machine that was not working. Um, but played a bunch of light gun games, played... I tried to just go one by one, just have my daughter play one of each game and see which one really connected with her. We played a good amount of Joust. That one went well. They had a brilliant, probably the nicest Star Wars I've ever seen. Um, great screen, no jitter, nothing. Worked really well. Um, but yeah, we just started, we played a bunch of games, played some Hydro Thunder, some Daytona. Um, had a good time. So that that was it. That's all I really had to say about that. But uh, it definitely worth going back, uh, Eric. When you're when you're in the area, and we we, we want to hit up some of these events yeah, up here, these things to. up here. Yeah, uh, Eric. This one you've kind of touched on, but not the second part. I know Nevergrave. Yeah, so Nevergrave, just a dead cell clone that I really want to. It's in demo mode right now at Steam. Um, so I don't I don't want to get into that. I'll probably cover that in a future episode but i sent this to you cody because i thought you'd really like it Bellatro is a uh a, a roguelike card game kind of like slay the spires type game but it uses a regular playing cards um i i i i've heard of that before like using regular playing cards uh in a roguelike card style game uh but this is the first one i've actually played and it it was a blast i mean they really do a good job on this uh so if you and right now you can just download the demo the real one comes out i think very soon 
I think it's February 20th or something. Um, so that one's coming out very soon, but it's called Balatro, B-A-L-A-T-R-O. Um, and I must have played this for three or four hours already, played the demo, and there's plenty of stuff in the demo to do, so uh, you won't get bored with it. Uh, solid game, so if you get so a chance, play that. Yeah, I wanted to pull it up. Uh, weird weird question, mid-show. Mm-hmm. Have you guys tried Googling anything over the last few minutes? I think Google no. is like shut down. Is Google just down down? Like down that would down. Be pretty amazing. Let me let me see if I can do it here. I tried multiple computers. Our connection's fine. No, it looks like I feel like Google's down down. No, mine's run, running just great. What the heck is going on? All right, anyway, yeah. I wanted to check out Bellatro, but I'll have to do it later, I guess. Not sure what's going on here. That is weird. But no, I I I love it. Uh just think of a game like Slay the Spire card game, but it's it's built with regular playing cards. You can enhance cards. You can uh, you can open up these booster packs and get like different things Clean in the booster diamonds. packs. Uh, there's like <laughs> jokers that have special like uh, you know like like uh, powers and things like that. Uh, just it's it's awesome. I'm I mean, I, I'm I really enjoying it. it. So you got to try it out for sure. For sure. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and the last uh, catching up item I've got here, um, I finally did plug in Mario and Rabbids Spark of Hope, which I yeah. more or less bought myself for Christmas. Um, and opened another can of worms, Eric. Uh-oh. Which uh, I see you lean back in your chair and rub your head and the camera zooms in on you, so it's really dramatic. Yeah. come here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, here we go. So basically, I plug that thing in and it kind of dawned on me subconsciously. I've been avoiding my switch for a while. And it's because the controller like just isn't connecting. And I just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And eventually I realized, no, the controller is like legit, not connecting. It's not just a usual Bluetooth. Can't get to connect. I don't want to deal with it right now. Kind of thing. I like, it's not working. So I start looking up on my phone. How do you fix a, a switch connector? That's not working. Uh, keeping in mind that, the one on the left that I have is a replacement that is not able to con- to work via uh, remote. It has to be plugged in mechanically. So the one on the right was still a, a real Nintendo Joy-Con, but it's not working. So people are trying to say, you know, of course, Nintendo says, try upgrading the firmware, try doing this, try resetting it, try this. None of it's working. And I saw multiple things online that I kept ignoring until I just saw so many of them. I'm like, whatever, let me try it. And they're like, Seriously, the best thing to do is like put it in a pillowcase and smash it against the wall. I'm like, that's ridiculous. What? That's absolutely no. <laughs> yeah. They're like, uh, you just need to like jostle it back to life. It's ridiculous. I'm like, that's dumb. I'm not doing that. But then I got to the point where it just wasn't working regardless. And I'm like, I'm ordering new ones somehow. But I might as well give this a shot because it's so ridiculous. I'm just going to try it. So I just threw it on the ground on my hardwood floor. It worked. Yeah. What? <laughs> it worked for That's about crazy. 10 minutes and then it stopped yeah. again. You had to keep smashing on the floor. So, but it's weird that that would work at all. Um, so long story short, you can't buy joy cons anymore in like dark, like black or gray. Right. They have to be these ridiculously pastel or vibrant neon colors. And they're still 80 bucks. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. So Eric, I'm not even going to show them to you, but I got the same hoary, big old bulky controllers that you got and plugged them on and they're comfortable. 
they're bulky and they're big and they're obnoxious and they look awkward. They're not true. attractive, All but they true. work. And they work great. They work great. So um, they work great. I still have mine. In fact, I've ordered a special case so that when I put those in there, it would fit in the case so that when I travel, I could use those because they work way better than the Joy-Cons do. It just happens to be the size of a full clarinet case because yeah. that's how big this thing is now. That's right. That's right. Um, and uh, and immediately jumped right back into Mario and Rabbids, right where I left off with the last game, which I completed. And it's just, it's so fun. It's so good. If you like tactical games, it's fun. It's good. It's enjoyable. So that's all I have to say about that. And that is catching up for us, which leads us to our last topic here. Six games that are good. <laughs> And uh, technically, I came up with this topic as well, but really, I came up with it because Tim and Eric just got their Spectrum Nexts. They're already having fun playing on them. I already enjoyed playing on it for a few years. So let's just talk about six good games to play on the Spectrum Next. So realistically, yeah, right? You're already knowing it. So it can be anything that you can play on a Next. It could be a Next game. It could be a, a ZX, what do you go, a 80 game? It could be anything. Yeah, as long as it plays on the next and it's a good experience on the next, let's talk about some good games. Uh, so first on the list, uh, Tim, kick us off if you if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Um, so I went through, uh, I don't know, <laughs> different phases of what I was going to choose for this. I kind of like started, right, well, let's go, Let's go classic. Let's go uh, 48K games because you can play that on an next and that's that's kind of what it's there for. Um, so I went through uh, that iteration uh, and then I went sort of like through to more the modern stuff. So some of the uh, the actual next games and uh, there there is some there is some stuff out there, but the library isn't massive yet on the next stuff. Um so I thought, well, let's let's have a look at um, some of the sort of like the more modern games, but the more modern ZX Spectrum games. Um, and I've managed to pluck a couple out here that I think uh, think will fit the bill quite well. Um, so the first one is Sewer Rage, um, and they do a 48k and a 128k version of this. Um, and again, I don't know whether you've, I can't see a video if you've got that playing or not, Cody. <laughs> of course I do, but you're not seeing it, huh? <laughs> no, not yet. Um, so this is uh, a game that was released in 2016 by Death Squad, um, who is uh, Davy Sludge, um, who does all the coding. And the music is by Frank Triggs for the 48K and Yazami for the 128K AY music. Um, now, this game is, I don't know, how what's, what's the best way to describe this one? Um, it's its very, very colorful. So that, that's what I love about the Spectrum is it's obviously it's nice, bright color palette. It's colorful. You don't get any of the color clash, which is really nice that you normally get on the spectrum. Um, the game itself is, at first glance, you might think it's a bit like uh, pipe mania or something like that, where you've got to sort of like um, connect the pipes up to 
um, stop, uh, get the water flow going, that sort of thing. But this one is literally um, where you've got some pipe um, in the middle of the screen and at the top of the screen you've got a, a sewer pipe that goes around and you've got to bash the pipe up to the top of the screen to connect the pipe together so obviously it can um, carry uh, repairing the, the sewers. Um, and in here you've got these really sort of like strange cutesy looking um, enemies like spiders and worms and uh, other underground sort of like sewer dwelling animals um, and poops I think these are and, poops. and poops yep and poops yep um, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, essentially it's just like like I say you've got a you're this like kind of like little floating head with a with a fist um and when you when you press the fire button he bashes the pipe and it goes up and you keep bashing the pipe all the way up to the top of the screen um and once you've completed the pipe you move on to the next level um the enemies are kind of like always homing in on you so what you've got to do is to complete the levels is eventually you're they'll sort of like crowd you out so you can't uh, or they'll block you uh, bashing some of the pipe. So then what you've then got to do is get yourself over to the other complete other side of the screen. And then eventually they'll sort of like track you to wh which side you are. And luckily you move quite quickly. You move a lot faster than the enemies. Um, and they then uh, sort of like move over to you. Then you've got to race over to the other side of the screen, knock the pipe up um, and then complete the level. Uh, at the bottom of the screen, you've got sort of like your score, uh, you've got your current energy level. So if you um, brush against the enemies or if they kind of like box you in, they'll drain your energy. Um, you've got some hearts at the bottom of the screen, which are your lives that you've got left. Um, there are difficulty modes on this one as well. Um, and you can also collect sort of like fruit that that appears in the in the levels in the sewer, your energy. Yep, fruit in the sewer. Yum. Sewer fruit, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, but there, yeah, there's a great soundtrack to this one going behind. Um, even the 48K version's got a nice little bit of music, but the 128K's got a, a thumping AY soundtrack to it. Um, nice little spot effects. Um, and it's just, just a brilliant little game. Um, I was so surprised when I saw this one with the with the the graphics on the because this is just like a, a native Spectrum game, so it's not a not enhanced by the next in any way. Um, uh, but yeah, this is this is a great fun little game. What do, what do you think this one looks like, Eric? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I don't think it looks like anything I've played before. It looks really great. Um, can you go left and right? Like, uh, can you go off the screen on the right and show back up no. on the left? No, no. So you, you can't okay. do that. Oh, sorry. And the other thing as well that you can do is if you want to get rid of the enemies, um, you can bash them up all the way to the top of the screen or to the top of a bit of pipe, and then they'll splat, and then they'll respawn back over to one of the other sides of the screen. So you don't get rid of them altogether, um, but they do kind of like shift back over to one side, which will give you a bit of space. On the later levels, you get this big head, <laughs> and he's absolutely huge on the screen. He's sort of like, um, I don't know, four or five blocks wide, and he's, he's this really menacing-looking head, and he's sort of like moving around. And if you linger too long near you, he just literally goes, um, and gobbles you up and eats you. 
<laughs> it's brilliant. It's such good fun, this game. Oh, I hadn't seen those guys before. I Because when I came back, because I had to take a little break, and then when I came back in, I saw heard you guys talking about how some guys look like poop. Are those the guys? Yeah. Those, those guys yeah. look like poop. Yeah, it yeah. Like, looks like somebody <laughs> pinched a loaf there. <laughs> you mean while you were while you were swimming in the sewer eating random uh, cherries and eggplant? Yeah, exactly. For for As one does. No, this so game looks amazing. Yeah, I got to try that out. That's sewer rage on the ZX Spectrum. Wow, I didn't even know. Is that a newer game? It's from yeah. 2016. 2016 okay it's a a newer one but yeah yeah it's 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 great and you can get that from uh if you look for death squad on itch.io uh you'll find them there i think it was okay that's awesome eric you've got this one next yeah so the way i approach this is that i wanted to pick a uh a, a next game and then i also wanted to pick a like a classic zx spectrum game to play on there so the first one I picked is Radarks Revenge. Radark, V R A D A R K S. Radark. I think I'm saying that right. That's how I said um, it. Yeah. And original, I bought this game before I got a ZX Next. Um, I because the Mister will play ZX Next games, but for the bulk of my gameplay, I wanted to wait until I had the real thing. But man, it took so long that I couldn't wait. So I saw. I remember seeing this game come out for the next and decided, hey, I'm going to get this game, play it on my Mr., and then I'll play it on my real one when I got it. And so I did. I've booted this back up. One very cool thing about this game. So what this game is is kind of like you're a guy walking around in different environments. You're a wizard, basically. And it is a... I don't want to call it a twin stick shooter because that's not right. Kind you of use WAS, WASD to move around, so you use the keyboard. But then you also use the mouse to change where you aim uh, your weapon. Yeah. Um, and that's very unique, I think, for the next because it does provide a mouse port that you can plug a old school PS2 mouse right in to the next and you can use it as a mouse. And this game is one of the few I've seen that were designed to use the mouse. Um, the game is very colorful. If you're familiar with the Amiga game, uh, chaos engine, it's kind of like a chaos engine style game. You're running around, you're shooting enemies. Um, there's all different enemy types. There's blobs. There's uh, these things that look like fire like uh, embers um, and you're trying whenever you kill something, you um, they drop coins and you collect the coins and then you can take them to a shop and you can upgrade all your weapons. You have two different weapons. You have the weapon that fires when you press the left uh, mouse button, but then when you press the right mouse button, there's a, an area effect, almost like a grenade style and you can upgrade either of those weapons within the shop. So you can collect your coins, go and upgrade the weapons. And then you, at the end of a level, first of all, there's a map. And in that map, you are traversing around trying to find where the end end item is. And then when you do that, 
you face the boss. And so every level has a boss and they're usually, I haven't finished the game, but I've faced it. And there's these giant blobs are the bosses and they spawn smaller, smaller blobs that you have to contend with while you're trying to, to, you know, get damage on the boss. Um, And other than that, it's just, uh, the game is just a top notch game that you would expect. In fact, you, you can play this on steam using just a regular PC, or you can play it on the ZX spectrum next. So even if you don't have a next, you can try to play this game, but it was originally designed for the next. Um, there, uh, there's two things. There's a health bar and there's a mana bar. Um, the health bar is in red on the left-hand side and the mana bar is on the right-hand side. And that's what powers up your, uh, area effect, your area effect weapon. Um, this game is fantastic. I, I keep going back to it on the next and playing it. Uh, I still haven't beaten it, but I've gotten really far in it. I think I've gotten really close to beating it. Just haven't gotten over the hump at the end to, to, to make the push to finish it. But that's it. Vradark's Revenge. What do you guys think of it? So I, I covered this game a while back. If you remember, uh, absolutely loved it. And uh, everything about it, everything you said. So I'm not going to harp on that too much more. The issue I had on, with it specific to the next mm-hmm. is that you, I did get to a point, I think it was level seven or something like that, which mu- I'm assuming is the last level. It's this fire level with like yeah. lava and stuff. And at that point, it was chugging so slow. It was like literally a frame a second or less that I could not play it. On the next? On the next. So Weird. I don't know. And you have an accelerated next too, right? I do, yeah. So I, and it worked. And then I restarted the game and it played great again. And I got to that point again and uh, it, it did that. So I almost feel like that is something that hopefully they've made a patch for or something. They must have because I got to that level. I haven't beaten it, but I got to that level and it seemed it seemed fine. I just okay. had to give up. One downside to this game is there's no save function. At least yeah. not one I could find. So yep. you basically have to finish it in one setting. Yeah. Which is worth it. It's fun. It's not terribly long, but uh, no, no, it's a, no, it's a great game. But yeah, when I get to the fire level, I just it was chugging. So hmm. interesting. Interesting. Okay. Great game. Uh, for my first game, I did something similar, right? I took a, a non-next game, and I did a next game. And for my non-next game, I will do a game. I have talked about it on the show before. Uh, in fact, it is, I believe, my favorite Spectrum game of all time. Released um, eight years ago, something like that. And it is yeah, that sounds about right. Castlevania Spectral Interlude. And what I love about this game is a, f- a full-featured Castlevania game, obviously not act- a, a licensed one, but a fan game, if you will. It's its own adventure, and it's really based off of Castlevania uh, 2 on the NES, that kind of that style of game, where it's not a full Metroidvania, but it's, it's more or less a Metroidvania with lots of leveling up and things like that, text story, um, great gameplay but what the reason i specifically think it's a great next game is and you can't see it here in this video i'm playing this is playing at i don't know 
uh, 15 frames a second, 20 frames a second. When you play it on the next and you use that hertz mode, right? You go from 3.5 hertz up to 7 or 14 or 21. Accelerate it, it yep. Yep, accelerate it. Uh, certain games are written in a way where that just speeds up the game and it just makes them unplayable. There's games like this where it just increases the frame rate where it's just silky, smooth, amazing looking. Does it still feel like a, a Spectrum game? Absolutely. It plays great, but now it's so silky smooth. It's just the greatest experience. Um, so I would highly recommend uh, anybody has any kind of interest in these sort of games, plays uh, Spectral Interlude. Uh, it's got all the beautiful uh, color clash and things you'd expect from a Spectrum game, but uh, it plays smooth as silk on the next and it's just one of those great games you can sink a lot of time into. There are um, save points in the game. Of course, you can save state and save span it, spam it. But I always choose to use the uh, the save states that are built into the game. Which not they're not save states. They're they're you know I can't remember a fountain or something that you kneel at to save your game. But you're trying to collect all these items, collect all these weapons to complete the game. And uh, it'll it might take you a few run throughs to, to actually get it. Uh, but absolutely loved it. It's very Castlevania and very Spectrum all at the same time. Yeah. So <laughs> very, very Spectrum, isn't it? Yeah, it's cool. It is a very cool game. So there we go. Castlevania Spectral Interlude. And you, uh, I, I, I can't remember if you, if you can pay the, de- I'm sure you can pay the, the, the developer a few bucks. So please do that if you can, because it, it is, well done although legally i think they can't require you to charge for it but i remember playing this game back when we talked about it on the show a long time ago and i couldn't find anything bad about it and i was playing it on my original 128k specky and it was it was it played perfectly it was fantastic yeah yeah it's a good good game i've i've loaded it up and played it a little bit but i haven't really sunk any real time into it um i just remember cody mentioning it and i've had a had a look a couple of times on it yeah do your favor even if you're not planning on playing it just load it up and then raise that uh acceleration rate just to just to feel what it, the difference is it's so cool mm. i haven't played it on the next so that would be interesting I, i'm gonna do that yeah now recently Recently, somebody, I think it was Josh Malone, pointed out that one of my favorite games, uh, Alien Neoplasma, that came out on the 128K, Yeah, uh, they came out with a, a new Next version of it. Now, I, I had already completed it on the Next, but the 128K version of it, now there's a Next specific version of it. And uh, unfortunately, because of that, you can't do save states. That's right. But, so... I played the 128K version, and his issue with the new version was you couldn't save state, which I totally get. That makes sense. So that has to be built into the game. So hopefully they do that, but um, just uh, just an interesting note. Yep. Mm. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'm up next, and this one is Z- Xenoblast or Xenoblast, however you want to create it, uh, pronounce it. Um, this is, again, another 128K version um, that I played. Um, so this is a, um, a vertical shooter uh, written by uh, Tony Kingsmill and uh, Lofcat Software Designs. Uh, it was released in 2021, but they did an update. Uh, almost a year later in December 22 
Uh, it's also had a physical release uh, by Chronosoft. So you can actually get uh, an original tape of this version. Uh, so it's a, a nice uh, seven level vertical shooter um, in a typical specy style. It's kind of like got that uh, mono, monochromatic high res graphics. Um, uh, it's It's got a great um, uh, 128K soundtrack along with it. Um, some nice little spot effects as you normally get on the Speccy. Um, so it's it's kind of like standard shoot 'em up fair, really. The aliens come in in, in waves. Um, you've got to blast them. Um, you've got a um, not so much a power up, but a pickup that you can grab along the way, uh, whereby if you pick it up, you then get yourself like a little smart bomb. Uh, which you can activate by pressing the space bar um, and then it just wipes out everything on the screen which is quite handy when you're in a bit of a jam um, it's it's just really nice uh, fast-paced little shooter really um, again another one that i'd never really seen anything of and just looking around i managed to find this one um, and and surface it and that's why i wanted to bring it up um, each end of level boss is a little bit different on this is that I was there kind of like shooting the boss for ages and I just didn't seem to um, get anywhere with it and I just couldn't understand it. And then I realized there's this thing at the top of the screen, which we're looking at at the moment. And what you've actually got to do is maneuver your ship around, try not to crash and then just get your ship out of the exit. So you don't actually have to blow up the end of level bosses. Huh. You just have to kind of like work your way around. And as the levels go forward, it's more difficult to work your way around that maze. And you've got some other aliens that come in um, to, to blow up as well. So yeah, this just, uh, another another nice uh, shooter, uh, but this time on the Specky. Um, and uh, yes, it's a it's a great one. And again, you can pick this up off of uh, itch.io um, if you want to um, uh, have a go on it. It doesn't doesn't cost anything. You can download it straight away. But obviously, I always recommend paying a few bucks to say thank you if you're going to download the game and uh, have some fun with it, like I did. Very cool. Yeah, I don't think I've seen this one before, but I. It, so this one's fairly new as well, right? Uh, yeah, this is twenty twenty one. This one was first released. What, oh, do you That's know what the update new. changed? Uh, I, to be honest with you, I don't because I only played the updated version. Gotcha, so gotcha. I didn't didn't go with the previous version. Um, but yeah, it's 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 nice. It's smooth. It's you know, it's it's a solid little shooter for the spectrum. Definitely one well worth checking out. Another one that's very much a Spectrum game. Like, yeah, that's oh, yeah. what the classic yeah. Spectrum shooters looked like, you know, for the most part. Although they were, uh, and I'm it's speaking in generalities here, games like Sanction, things like that, they were uh, insanely difficult. Where this looks um, enjoyable. Yeah, you can you can play this one. <laughs> you can play this one. Cool, good pick. Did you ever try messing with the with the acceleration mode to see what happens? Probably just makes it go super fast. Yeah, it does on this one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's always the first thing I do, to see what the acceleration mode does. <laughs> see what goes on, yeah. What happens. <laughs> cool. This is one I know we've talked about a lot on the show, but I'm here, curious to hear Eric's take on it now. Yeah, so Jetpack RX is um, a game that is a newer uh newer game. I think it came out, what is it, 2015? Does that sound about right? Uh, RX, I thought was later than that. 
wasn't it? It was later than that. So I'm looking at my itch.io page and it says I purchased this three years ago. And I think I purchased it pretty much when it came out. So three years ago. Uh, so maybe 2021. 2021. Um, but it is the guy who wrote this, is, his name is High Riser. Um, he came out with this, um, his own personal take on Ultimate Plays. Ultimate play the game's classic jetpack for the ZX Spectrum. Um, the core gameplay of this is the same as regular jetpack, which is one of the most popular games on the ZX Spectrum and one of the ones I love the most. I mean, I, I have so Agreed. much fun with jetpack. But, but jetpack's thing, broken. It is broken. And I was, ju- was going to mention that. So jetpack, the original jetpack is broken. You can, I don't know if you know this, Tim. I think you do. Oh, he's he's not there, is he? Is he there? Yeah, there he is. <laughs> when you uh, you can in the original jetpack, you can park yourself on the top uh, platform, and if you literally hold the fire button down or put something on top of the fire button and shoot in one direction, you can sit there and just harvest score, and you'll never get hit by an enemy. And so you can break any kind of high score game played for jetpack it could be cheated basically um and once i learned that and i didn't learn that that long ago once i learned that for some reason mentally for me yep. it 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 made me enjoy the game a lot less um then this guy comes along high riser and makes this game which does a few things. First of all, it randomizes the heights of the three platforms that are on the screen. That fixes the bug right there. But then he also adds a bunch of different power-ups that do different things. And I still don't know exactly what they all do, but I know one increases the firepower of your gun. One makes you invulnerable for a certain period of time. Um, There's... there's other power-ups that do different things. But the thing the, the thing to take away from this is Jetpack RX is basically just Jetpack with everything that was broken about the original game fixed. And a little bit of a few changes, a few tweaks to keep it less like a more fresh. Exactly. More fresh. In fact, you can't just download this game. What you can do is download the patch. And then he provides instructions on patching the original game um, so that it adds these features to it. Um, And he probably does that, I'm sure, for copyright reasons or whatever. Um, It's not a difficult process. I I did it so long ago, I don't remember everything you have to do, but it's not difficult at all. Uh, For people that don't know what Jetpack is, you're a little astronaut with a jetpack flying around and you're collecting parts of a rocket first that you could drop off and build the rocket. Then fuel drops down and you grab the fuel and you drop it over the rocket and it will drop it down. Meanwhile, all these other power-ups and bonuses are are flying down and there are enemies that come from the left and right on the screen that you can shoot or avoid. Um, It's a classic arcade style game. Uh, for the ZX Spectrum uh, that I love. I love this game. Um, And the RX just makes it so much better. It is probably my favorite game on the 48K ZX Spectrum, period. 
So see that, yeah, for sure. So yep, great. And, and, and I, love the sound. I assume you guys just feel the same about this game, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Jetpack is a stone cold classic. Yep, and, and R- the same guy and RX also keeps made it a classic. Yeah, that makes it better. exactly. This guy, yeah. this guy came out with a version of Asteroids too, called Asteroids RX, which kind of does the same thing for it. Uh, so it's worth going to his itch.io page and just throwing him a couple bucks for this and giving it a shot. It really is fantastic. Um, so give it a shot. Yeah, Jetpack RX. The sound of that Jetpack and uh, Attic Attack make are the sounds that mean Spectrum to me. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. What the? <laughs> I can't even, you can't even fake it. Like, it's just, love it. It's the, it's the noise that you hear in your head when the ship takes off and lands, isn't it? It's the... <laughs> yeah, all of it. Brilliant. Cool. Love great, it, love it. Great love choice. It. Uh, my last pick is no surprise. I talk about this game probably too often on the show and I should probably stop, but I couldn't not pick it because I wanted to pick a next game. Um, and I had to pick the one that I just, every time I turn my next on, I have to play this game. I beat it, but I still play it. And it is Tyvarian on the next it is one of rusty pixels games, which is the company that Jeff Bagley, of course, one of the uh, main uh, driving forces behind the creation of the next uh, created. Uh, they have a number of games, including Baggers in Space, which of course is Jeff Bagley, uh, which is actually a, a riff on Jetpack, but done in a cool um, kind of Metroidvania world-based t- type of a, a game, uh, which I really like. They did uh, Warhawk, which is an updated version of an old, I guess, classic shooter game called Warhawk, and they did Tyvarian. And Tyvarian is, to me, just the perfect uh, the perfect type of game for like a, an 8-bit micro, right? Which the next kind of, uh, I know it's not 8-bit, but it, it kind of is, right? That's, that's the gist here. And uh, essentially, it's a game where you're a small rocket ship uh, based on this grid. And there's always a grid shown. So you're not, you're not, you're, you're seeing the grid, right? And uh, you go in the four cardinal directions, uh, you know, up, down, left, and right. And um, you can press those directions at any time. The ship will go that direction, but it's going to stay on the grid. And ultimately, you'll see these uh, little blue dots all over the grid. And it's easy, right? Your, your goal is to collect all the blue dots before the timer runs out. Of course, you've got some baddies uh, in the form of various different enemies that can shoot at you or um, walk alongside of the screen. Sometimes there's bumpers in the middle of the levels. The levels get really creative and take the cardinal game, the, the core gameplay and um, really make it um, just by the, the, the level design, which is brilliant, uh, kind of change what the gameplay really feels like without you losing any understanding of what you're doing because the gameplay didn't technically change. Um, if that makes any sense. Uh, but there's also a, an ability to, press a button to make your ship go faster briefly while you hold the button down. And there is a button you can use to shoot and the shoot, the shoot button doesn't kill anything. It does freeze things. I'm looking here. It looks like the game was based off of an original arcade game called solar Fox, which now I need to try. Um, Although it doesn't look nearly as easy to play. Um, 
And uh, and all these games, all the Rusty Pixels games are based off of 20 levels. Uh, what's nice about Tiberian, it's 20 levels, but each level has 10 different maps in it, if you will. So it's almost really 200 levels. There's a lot of gameplay, great soundtrack, great gameplay, really solid um, kind of action puzzler, if you will. Something to that effect, but um, I've had a blast with this. Uh, Tim, I know you've played a little bit with me. Eric, I think you played a yeah. little bit as well. So, what do you yes, guys think about I that? I I do remember this. There's a Commodore 64 game kind of like this by Richard Bayless, I think. But I can't remember the name of oh, it. Oh, Transector, which is Trans-Sector, like one of my favorite yeah, Commodore Trans-Sector, games. Transector, that's yep. right. Um, and I love Transector, so I don't know why I don't have this and playing it right now. This looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. I've been I've been wanting to pick up all the rusty rusty pixel games, but I just can't get the physical stuff anymore, and I'm really bummed out about that. Um, I want I want to start collecting for the next. I want these games. Come on, this this there's a whole new wave of owners <laughs> out there, and we can't we can't pick up these physical games. Uh, yeah, I know you can get them download and all that sort of thing, but uh, yeah, I, I, going back to what we said before, I, I want I want the physical stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. And, and I thought I read somewhere that they, they know that they're, you know, that they're not offering it right now, but they, I thought I read somewhere that they are going to soon. Who knows okay. what that means? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely all of these baggers in space, Warhawk and Tiverian. They're, they're all ones I want to, I want to play on the next. Um, uh, but if, if I can't get the physical anytime soon, then I'm probably just going to have to just go and download them and play them that way, I guess. But yeah, I remember playing this one and, um, baggers in space and Warhawk on, on your next, um, Cody. And, uh, yeah, this is, this is good fun. This one, isn't it? Absolutely. But I'm also going to have to go back and play solar Fox because that looks cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've played solar Fox before. I remember it, but I don't, I don't think I played it. I want to go back and look. So this was okay. Yeah, this is the arcade game. Yeah, uh, the one, the version of it. It's funny. I have a game called Solar Fox on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and it's terrible. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but uh, the arcade game looks solid. So cool, uh, gentlemen. We are out of content. We are out of content for this month. We are at, at the bottom of the page. But we can talk for. The rest of our lives, I'm sure. We just need a breather. That'll take roughly 30 days, and then we'll come out with more content. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, anything you guys are looking forward to uh, retro-wise over the next month that you want to uh, hint at? Um, for me personally, I'm just uh, more excited about actually getting some time to play some games other than just for the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because we've done yeah, yeah. a lot of stuff back to back here. So I'm, yes. I'm kind of like just Same. looking forward to just really just leaning back and uh, playing some games on the next. Um, I've definitely, and probably a bit more with recall box as well. Um, I want to explore that one a bit more. Um, yeah. So I'm just, I'm just looking forward to a bit of leisure play more than anything. <laughs> leisure. Yes. Perfect. I'm I'm looking forward to soldering a lot. Yes. <laughs> that would be fun. Cool. Lots and lots of solder. All right, gentlemen. Well, at that, uh, we will end the show. Uh, we'll see everybody next month. March 15th would be, I guess, episode 126. Uh, 
I'm telling you, man, we're going to have to start making episode 200 plans here quicker than we think. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Creeping up on us. So until that time arrives, please, everyone, remember, it's It's dangerous dangerous to to go go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at sanction. That's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. <laughs>